The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 15, 64, 50, 80, 90, hey, hey! Hey, you guys. Oh, my God. Welcome to a very Brady podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Jimmy, and I will be your skipper on this episode of the tour. And with me, as always, is my first mate and little buddy of the show, Tack Van Sickle. Army lardy, scurvy dog. Army to drive me nuts. And on this podcast, we celebrate classic, iconic TV shows as we break them down one episode at a time. What we do, Tack, as you know, we take the episode. We do. We break it down. Mm. We find out our wife is a literal gold digger, <laughs> and so is our quote-unquote friends, mm. only to be charged up the ass for food and candles, mm. only to have all of our gold sink to the bottom of the ocean. All for you, the listener. Mm. That's what we do every week. Every week. <laughs> <laughs> on today's <laughs> on today's episode, we look at Gilligan's Island season one, episode nine. Dang, we're up to episode nine already. Entitled "The Big Gold Strike." If you haven't watched this episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might make it a hell of a lot more funny if you do. Gilligan's Island is available to stream nowhere for free, but it is available for purchase on Apple TV and. Amazon Prime! Or you can do what we did and buy the series DVD box set. Available now through our Amazon affiliate link on our website at www.averybradypodcast.com slash shop. It's a great way to support the show. I know one person that won't have to buy it. Who's that? Julia. Julia Gulia. Julia Gulia. She was our contest winner. No, Julia Cox. She was our contest winner, and she didn't have to buy the box set because now she mm. has one. So now every time mm. she watches it, she'll think of us. Right? Aww. Right, Julia? No, I'm teasing. She better. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, you should think about the Retro Network because that was supplied to us by the Retro Network because they're awesome and they're great, and you should definitely Indeed. check them out for it. So mm-hmm. how was your week? I uh, find this morning kind of chatty, you know what I mean? <laughs> I do know what you mean. We didn't have any hurricanes this week, so that was cool. Yeah, that, we don't have any Ian's, uh, Ian's blowing anybody, so that's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, my week was pretty normal, just worked, and uh, it's really about it. Yeah, that's cool. The only thing that happened this week is I saw a big asshole. You, you did? I did. <laughs> saw a big, a big asshole. asshole. Big asshole. I saw, I saw a big asshole today too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a big asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's so dumb. You guys will realize. You guys will realize what we're talking about later on. <laughs> so, um, so tell me, Tack, do you watch mm-hmm. any? Um, do you watch any reality TV? Any kind of stuff? Like, what kind of shows do you watch? Uh, it's been a while since I really watched any reality TV, but I watch a lot of sitcoms, a lot of drama shows, stuff like that. Well, one show that's like, I can't really call it a guilty pleasure because it's not like trashy reality TV or anything, but yeah. me and my wife love The Mass Singer. We've been watching it since season one. And Oh, um, yeah. Somebody posted about that in their uh, yeah, Facebook yeah. group. If you do watch The Mass Singer, uh, spoilers coming up, 
So I don't know yeah. how you want to deal with that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, anyways, um, they had uh, characters on. There were three mummies that came out, like, yeah. like Egyptian mummies. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a TV sitcom night, ironically. And uh, they came out and sang. I can't even remember what song they sang. Um, but it was uh, the homeboys from the Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. It was Barry, um, Barry, um, Mike, and uh, Christopher. So yeah. that's kind of neat. That was kind of neat. I remember watching the clip and then they're like, hey, you know, whoever posted it, um, I think it was uh, Bernice, I think. She posted it and she's like, hey, look who, da, da, da. So I hit play and I was like, oh, shit, that's Barry Williams all day. <laughs> like you can tell. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's Barry Williams. <laughs> no, I thought it was funny <laughs> that it was a duet. Even though it's supposed to be three of them. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's, the, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw it on social media. I'm like, wait a minute. Christopher Knight doesn't sing. He said that. He's like tone deaf and he doesn't sing. So why is he, he on the mask singer? He's lip syncing underneath the mask. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But uh, maybe over the years, maybe he learned how. I have no idea. But I know he's in the past. He said he's not comfortable singing. But still, kudos to them. I mean, they got eliminated, yeah. but that's okay. So <laughs> I don't know if you watched that show avidly, but... Uh, I thought it was pretty cool there on it. They had uh, Jody Sweeten, your homegirl on there. No, she wasn't singing. She just introduced something or whatever. But right. she can sing all right. She's a singer. She what? That was a singer. She's a singer. She, she, yeah, she can sing all right. Huh. She's done it a few times on the Full House from Fuller House. <laughs> oh, yeah. She like plays guitar and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Why don't you tell the listeners your nickname for her? Oh, double DJ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I'm not even. <laughs> I just wanted you to say that because you know your stepmom and sisters listen. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm actually more obsessed with um, Candace Cameron. Um, I think. Yeah, she's like perfect. So I can't believe how how decent she looks because if you see pictures of her and her daughter side by side, mm-hmm. like they could pass for maybe cousins or something. Like I wouldn't think that they're yeah. mother and daughter. That wouldn't be my mm-hmm. first go to mother and daughter. Yeah. I follow uh Candace Cameron on uh, social media and stuff. She does like a lot of like uh stories, like videos and stuff like that. And just her chit chat about whatever product or movie or whatever she's shooting. And, um, and I'll, I'll just watch them. <laughs> yeah. Same with her and like Danica McKellar. I just, the whole time I'm just like smiling, like, I love you. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> Is that what our house would look like if we lived together? You know, like <laughs> the background. and then I'm trying to find their address and just so I can go over there and like you know look through the window. Oh, it's like I'm not just I'm not going to knock on the door. I'm just you know going to stand across the street and you know, wait and see if she comes out. Maybe go inside and sniff around. Literally. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like you haven't ever done that before. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. No, no, I'm not a creepy stalker. Only because she lives. Well, plus she's in California. So. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. You have to find somebody <laughs> that kind of looks like her and remind you of her. <laughs> Anybody out there that looks like Candace Cameron, uh, hit me up at. Uh, no. Or if, you're, if your name is Candace <laughs> well, or your last name is Cameron. Like that would work too. Hmm. Or if you just know somebody named Cameron, there you go. I think that's okay too. Or even if you if you watch Fuller House, you know what I mean. <laughs> if you're a fan of that, <laughs> that would work too. 
<laughs> I don't ask for much in a girlfriend, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have the highest standards, but standards <laughs> I do have, damn it. So Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's my first Other- date question. Have you ever watched Fuller House? And if she says no, you're gonna have to be well cut it out. You know, you have to do that. <laughs> it out. Something suddenly came up. Yeah. Well, that's what you say when things are going well, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and I think <laughs> you do. Yeah, yeah. So uh-huh. so what what did you think of this episode? It was um one thing I did like I made this as a as a comment at the end of the episode, but I'll bring it up now. One I think one thing I really liked about this episode is Gilligan wasn't the fuck up. He didn't actually do that's anything true. wrong you're in right. this episode. He was just a normal, nice guy, did what he was supposed to do and make any mistakes. Where where I thought they were going with, and I, I'm not really going to say spoiler alert, because come on, it came out before I was born. If you haven't watched it yet, that's that's your fault. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what I was, the joke I hoped they were going to do when it ended was mm-hmm. that Gilligan was the only one that listened to the rules and had a small bag of gold that he left in his hut. Yeah. Right? And so because he left it in his hut, He's the only one with gold now. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. That's where I would have went with it. Except the Pearl thing was, eh, it's kind of lame, but. Yeah, that's what should have happened. Um, yeah. And it's not like it's lost at the bottom of the lagoon, so they can still go get it. It can't be I that mean, deep. Come on. Right. I'm like, how deep is that lagoon? I don't think it's that deep, so. Right. Um, I thought they were going to find out that it was like fool's gold or something. You know, I, I thought, thought the exact same take. thing. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for the professor to come up and I was going to be like, ah, here it is right here. Ah, professor's <laughs> going to be like, that's whatever. So <laughs> hematite. No, huh? I can't remember what it's called. I can't remember what fool's gold is called. I remember when I was in uh seventh grade science class, Mr. Ferentz, yeah. And first, yeah, yeah. I remember we did a geology section in the class and that's where we brought off that board with all the different kind of rocks on it. Well, we went outside and he had all this dirt and he like poured all this dirt out that we could all like sift through and find some of the dirt. <laughs> well, like this was like, it was like packed dirt. Packed dirt doesn't make sense. Like they put stuff in the dirt for you to find. You That's know? like so, when you go to the dirt mall and you get a bag of dirt and you sift through it in water and you come across a, a little plastic bag with a rock in it. Like, come on now, really? <laughs> <laughs> so, so there are certain rocks that were already supposed to be guaranteed in this dirt. Like he bought it, you know, and okay. so he puts it out in front of everybody and we kind of go through it and stuff. And, <laughs> and then Mr. Ferentz comes up. He's like, Oh, he sees this thing and picks it up. He's like, everybody come over here. He's like, look, look what tack found. And, uh, I'm all sitting there all proud. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like this right here. Anybody know what this is? And everybody was like, no, a rock? And like this is, this is called a lever, right? And I was like, what? He's like, it's nothing. You just leave it right there. And I was like, oh. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks. Thought I had something there. Yep. Oh, well. That's Mr. Ferentz. <laughs> 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 hey, but the professor had a joke in this episode. What joke did he have? <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but I commented on it. When we get to it, I'll say it. But I was like, holy shit, they gave Professor a funny line. Dang. It wasn't super funny, but it was some sort of comedy. And he had ginger all over him at one point. <laughs> you notice that? Oh, no. Wait, what? Out in the, the raft? Dang. Oh. Holy <laughs> crap. Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to oh, it. We'll get to it, yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted. I need a break. All right, all right. All right. You, you look... You look... You... you you need rest. I Jimmy. do need rest. So we're going to go ahead and take a break, take a nap, get something to eat, 
And um, <laughs> when we are done, we're going to come back and, uh, and uh, um, mine this Dig episode. Oh. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. My. If you don't mind. <laughs> uh, you're so... Oh, Vestin, you're so witty. I'm, I'm like the Eminem of podcasting. Well, we, <laughs> we will be back. <sighs> Something wrong, Tag? Oh, nothing, Jimmy. Halloween is coming up, and my son says he's too old for trick-or-treating. But I still want to dress up. Okay, have you checked out HalloweenCostumes.com yet? What's that? What do you mean, what's that? We went over this last year. We did? Yes, HalloweenCostumes.com. It has the biggest and best selection of Halloween costumes, accessories, and decorations. Mm, No, but I don't recall. The biggest and best selection means over 10,000 costumes from your favorite pop culture properties and comics, video games, movies, and television. I, I, I got nothing. The best selection means costumes that fit anyone. Parents, kids, couples, groups, plus size. Ooh. Even sexy costumes. Ooh la la. Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Now you got it. Oh, and you know the Retro Network is all about them ugly, ugly Halloween, Halloween sweaters. sweaters. Yeah, I remember that. But I want something new. They have stuff that's new. They got brand new designs for 2022. See, look. Oh, wow. Like Beetlejuice, Trick or Treat, and Hocus Pocus. Those weren't there last year. And Marty McFly, Ghostbusters, and Mr. Potato Head. Those weren't there last year either. I know, right? So do you think they have, like, sexy Hocus Pocus? I don't don't know. Maybe. Dude, that's going to get me so much candy. My son is going to be peanut butter and jealous, and I'm not sharing any of it. What what was that? Nothing. So click on over to HalloweenCostumes.com using the promo code link in today's show notes and save 20% off your entire order now through October 31st, 2022. HalloweenCostumes.com, the only place you need to shop this Halloween season. So do they have, like, sexy Mr. Potato Head? What is wrong with you? back okay i feel better Mm -hmm. we have gilligan's island season one episode nine entitled the big gold strike so let's get into this some facts about the episode it first aired the day before my birthday november 28th Mm -hmm. 1964 well a day a, a decade and a day oh okay written by roland wolpert hope i pronounced it correctly directed by stanley z cherry that's such a cool name z stands for but that sounds that's such a cool name it sounds like somebody like shabazz p norton you know what i mean it sounds like just some cool (laughs) jazz name or something um yeah there was a there was a guy i went to high school with his name was zamani shabazz walters wow damn that's awesome i remember when we were in third grade we had this um uh exchange student i think it was an exchange student he moved over from i think korea or vietnam one of the two and his first name was we and yeah. his last name was Wong. 
And of course we were immature third graders and everybody started laughing. I think the dude's like a pilot now in real life, but um, kudos <laughs> to him, man, because we were, we just were so insensitive. I mean, cause teachers like we, we want to introduce you to we Wong. And of course we're just cracking up because we're immature and dumb. <laughs> so I, I do apologize. If you're listening, I apologize. That was really immature. Yeah, that was, God, you're so immature, Jimmy. I mean, the only thing worse would be to tell that story on a podcast. Uh, anyway, hey, I took a picture of a, a, a billboard on the back of a bus for a um, Chinese restaurant, and it said it was called Young Wang's. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I would love to have Young Wang's in my mouth. Did you go out so, looking for some Young Wang's? <laughs> Why I posted about it on Facebook. I said, who all wants to go to Young Wang's? Because that sounds delicious. Where? What city was this in? I think Melbourne. Melbourne? Okay. So uh, I may have to go out this week and look for some Young Wang's. And if I can find some Young Wang's, I'll take some pictures of some Young Wang's and I'll post yeah. them on Instagram so everybody can see some Young Wang's. I can t- uh, send you a picture of my Young Wang's. Do you have one up in Jacksonville? Well, no, no, no. I, I mean, because I took a picture of it a few years ago. Oh, billboard. you mean your penis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's continue. <laughs> We're going off on the tangent. Right. <laughs> so some facts about the episode. According to IMDb, Mrs. Howell's souvenir handbag is recycled from the duck cage seen in last week's episode. Goodbye Island. That's this wrong. was wrong. It was from the sound of quacking. Um, right. That was, that was actually, me correcting that. I actually put that as a note. I was like, oh. that was the duck cage. Oh, so nice. that's actually one of my Look notes. You. Yeah. Well, eagle-eyed Jimmy right there. At two minutes and 10 seconds, Gilligan disappears from the frame as he falls into the big-ass hole. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So that that was the note, and I was like, well, yeah, he just because he falls into the pit. Like, off, he like, falls like, into the he, – he's in a big asshole. <laughs> big asshole. And so I had to go back and see what the hell they're talking about. And so what they actually mean is that they cut the shot too soon. So as he's falling, he actually just disappears. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Huh. All right. Gilligan and Mr. Howell fall into the cave where the gold is discovered. However, it is not made clear how they were able to get out of the cave mm. and back to the surface where they originally fell. At 18 minutes and six seconds, that's according to the box set, Gilligan mm. and the skipper stop by to rent their mining equipment to the howls, and there was a ladder against the cave wall. They must use it to climb down. Therefore, the question is, how did Gilligan and Mr. Howell get out without calling for help and letting the others in the discovery, in on the discovery of the gold mine? Hmm. That's a good question. Well, like, a, I don't know if I, it's in my notes, but another question I bring up is there's other mines. There's other caves that they try to mine later in the episode. Yeah. So did those not exist when they were freaking out trying to figure out how to make <laughs> huts? Or how to get shelter? How to, right. We need to go somewhere fast. Where are we going to go? What yeah. the hell? All right. <clears throat> As the castaways were crawling out of the lagoon after the rat. After the raft sinks, you can briefly see Marianne's cleavage before she quickly covers it. I totally missed that. How did I miss that? Oh, I was I was just about to say, Tack, did you add something to the IMDb thing? No. <laughs> no, I totally noticed that. Damn it. 
Yeah. I want to go back and see now. Yeah, I totally noticed that. Mm. All right. In fact, that might be one of my notes. But anyways, wow. you ready to start? Yep, yep, yep. All right. We fade in. Scene one. We open our story in the strangest of places. Well, okay, it's still on the island. We see Thurston and Gilligan walking through the woods with Thurston yelling, Four! All are playing through here. We then see Gilligan carrying Thurston's seashell golf clubs and acting as his caddy. Thurston asks, where to go, Gilligan? Gilligan pointing says, there it is, Mr. Hal. I knew I'd find it. Mr. Hal thrilled says, oh, good work, Gilligan. I never thought I'd see that one again. Thurston looks around and asks, now where am I? Gilligan says, well, there's your avocado pit. I don't know where we are. Mr. Hal confused asks, what do you mean? Gilligan explains, well, I found your ball, but I lost the golf course. <laughs> Mr. Hal scoffs saying, lost the golf course. And you call yourself a caddy. But Gilligan, perhaps standing up for himself, retorts, no, I don't. You do. <laughs> Thurston simply says, well, I'll never make that mistake again. Then returns to golf saying, now just stand back. He then steps up to the avocado pit ball saying, there you are. He takes a swing and immediately yells, where to go, Gilligan? But Gilligan, seeing that he failed to hit the ball, points saying, right there. Mr. Howell, seeing the ball, says, there, yes, of course. I shanked it. No, he didn't. Anyways, <laughs> he then steps up to swing again, saying, watch it, Gilligan, at all times. Mr. Howell takes a big swing again, this time immediately asking, which way did it go? Gilligan, always the nice guy, says, don't worry, Mr. Howell, I'll find it. Mr. Howell, quote unquote, helps by pointing and saying, I think I sliced it over there. <laughs> Maybe so, annoying. Like, is that the point of like a caddy back in the days? Like tell you where your ball went? Like, you don't I don't know. know. Like when I play golf, I have a really bad habit of not watching where my ball goes. <laughs> like, <laughs> because I'm so busy focused on where I'm going to hit that by the time I look up, like the ball's already gone. I'm like, where the fuck did it go? Like, I hate it. <laughs> so I, I don't usually don't have a problem um, finding where a ball went because it's usually off to the right somewhere in somebody's yard. So I just have yeah. to look. Like, oh, there it is next to the, the funniest part about bush. playing golf with you is how pissed you get. You're so <laughs> mad. It's so funny because you get better every time you play, and I get worse somehow. I don't know how that is. <laughs> You'll swing. It's like good. <laughs> and you're like, man, I. I read online about this new technique and I'm using it now. Look how much I'm going a hundred yards further and straight. Like mine than went I too usually far. Go. <laughs> <laughs> You're hitting like 900 yards. I'm hitting like 40. <laughs> I'm like, what? I swear I'm swinging harder than you are. <laughs> That's like last time we went to the, to the driving range. Like yeah. I was using like a three iron. I was hitting it like two thirty. I was like, damn, I've never hit it that hard. You're like, <laughs> um, Anyways, I noticed uh, through the trees in the establishing site that you can see the boat. So I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. But uh, Thurston does look like he plays. Like the way he swings, he looks like he's yeah. he's swung a golf club before. And um, mm. and check it out. He didn't get mad when he missed it. That's kind of funny. That's, <laughs> that's kind of cute. Yeah, that's unusual. Mm -hmm. I'm used to getting angry. Oh, I am too. I'm used to you getting angry too. 
Scene two. As Gilligan looks for the ball, he wanders around talking to himself, saying, I wonder where it is. He then comes across a big asshole. Whoa. He looks at it as if to think, wow, that's a big asshole. (laughs) Still looking for the ball, he thinks out loud again to himself, saying, I wonder if it could be... But before he can finish the sentence, it begins to fall into the big asshole and, and says, now this is exactly how he said it, because yeah. they're recording oh, yeah. in a studio full of sleeping children. So <laughs> he goes, I wonder if it's down there. <laughs> but it's like he was too far from the mic. So he's like, down there. That's <laughs> fine. He falls deep into the big asshole. And immediately realizes that Thurston's balls deep in the big asshole. Wow, okay. Meanwhile, Thurston is just outside of the big asshole and about to fall into it yelling, Gilligan! Oh, so he's like, he's on the rim. He's like working the rim. (laughs) I'm just wondering. I'm trying to get a full picture. He's on the rim of what? The big asshole. Oh, oh yeah. He's just outside the rim. Because, I mean, you just said he's balls deep in a big asshole. That's true. And he's yelling, Gilligan! Gilligan, my boy, where are you? Gilligan yells, hey, Mr. Howe. No. He yells, hey, Mr. Howe, I found your ball. Mr. Howe finally, seeing the big ass hole, says, yes, there you are. Gilligan quips, wait till you get home and tell them about this, that you made a cave in one. <laughs> Thurston yells back, yes, I also sank the caddy with the same shot. <laughs> oh. Thurston laughs at his own joke, but then spots something asking, Gilligan, man, what's that yellow stuff? <laughs> Gilligan, first checking the front of his pants, has white yellow stuff. <laughs> the world is black and white. We don't get color till season two. <laughs> <laughs> Thurston begins pointing, saying, that yellow stuff all over the wall. Gilligan walks over and inspects it, saying, you mean this yellow stuff that looks like gold? Thurston now laying down right on the edge of the big asshole, right on the rim. The big oh, asshole. Okay. And sticking his, his head up all in it. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, yes, what is it? <laughs> Gilligan yells back, I think it is gold. Thurston's eyes get huge with the excitement at the thought of gold being in a big asshole as he says, Gold? He gets so excited that he ends up falling into the big asshole himself. Wow. Thurston, having fell deep into the big asshole, lifts his head and says, Gold Gilligan, I'm richer. I'm a little hurt, but I'm richer. <laughs> this big asshole has turned into a glory hole. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one big asshole. Um, yeah. It kind of looked like Thurston jumped. <laughs> <laughs> Like he yeah, was like, everybody crap, I didn't, falls in, it's bad. I didn't slide hard enough. Let me slide again to fall in. Um, <laughs> I love the face that he made at the end of it. Just that, that face that he makes. Like, that's just funny. Uh, I'm such a child when I watch this. Cause I'm like, yeah, you made a funny face. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Scene three back at the lagoon. We see Marianne and ginger fishing. They cast out Ooh. a line. They begin to reel it in. Soon, Ginger says, oh, we lost the bait again. Marianne asks, how many little fishies do we have left? Ginger says, just one. Marianne, perhaps smelling something fishy, (laughs) asks, Mm. how many did we have when we started? Ginger says, 24. (laughs) Marianne, confused, asks, 
You mean we lost 23 already? Ginger says, mm-hmm. If we hadn't gone fishing, we could have had fish for dinner. <laughs> Marianne casts the line out one last time and immediately gets excited, saying, hey, I think we got a big one. It mm. feels like a whale. Soon, mm. both Ginger and Marianne are trying to pull the fish in. Soon, the skipper comes up behind him, saying, play him, girls. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> As soon as you the girl know what that means you fish way more than I do. Exactly. <laughs> I still don't know what the fuck that means. As soon as the girls realize he's there, Marianne begins saying, skipper, help us. The skipper says, don't let him go. I'll take it. As he grabs onto the end of the fishing pole, the skipper agrees saying, wow, you have a big one. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> both of you have big ones. Um, The girls then begin walking away with the fishing pole, leaving the skipper with only the fishing line. (laughs) The the skipper yells, don't worry, ladies, I'll land him. As he yanks on the fishing line, he yells back, he's putting up a good fight, but I think I've got his number now. The skipper now pulling with all of his might yells to the girls, pull. The skipper then accidentally wraps the fishing line around his thumb and lets out a, oh, He unwraps Mm. his thumb and yells back again for them to pull. As the girls try to help him pull the fish in, Marianne yells to him, be careful, skipper. Watch your teeth. No Mm. lie. That's what she says. I'm like, all right. (laughs) As they begin to see something coming in, the skipper yells to them to stand back. The skipper, still overly excited, says, whatever it is, might be playing possum. (laughs) As it gets closer to shore, Ginger exclaims, he's picking it up. The skipper yells, hallelujah, ladies, we're saved. We're saved. We've caught our first rubber life raft. Both of the girls begin squealing with the light as they run up to inspect the raft. The skipper yells, what a fish story this will make catching our own life raft. Hmm. Marianne asks, from your boat? (laughs) The skipper explains, yeah, it's the first time anybody ever caught a minnow with a minnow. Uh, They all begin to just laugh. <laughs> it always makes me nervous every time I see somebody grab fishing line. Yeah, right. Yeah. Especially when it was like wrapped around his finger and I was like, Aah! I was like, ah, yeah. I just feel like it's going to cut right through. Mm-hmm. And just, I don't know, just, ah, it makes me, uh, no, I don't like it. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that now it's got fishing hook holes in it. That's kind of neat. It's probably got a few holes. I assume that's what they they work on patching it up. With what? They never explained that. What are they going to patch it up with? Um, Last week, they didn't have glue to put a boat together, but they got, you know, (laughs) I guess a rubber seal to (laughs) fix a rubber raft. I don't know. They can do anything from sewing it back together to, who knows. Scene, foe. Back in the big asshole, Mm. Gilligan is asking Thurston, how do we know it's gold? Don't you have to test it to be sure? Thurston, standing next to it and shaking his hand, says, I already have, Gilligan. It's the best test in the world. (laughs) Gilligan watching him and says, you're shaking like a leaf. Thurston says, my doctors call it my gold syndrome. Gilligan clarifies, asking, syndrome? Thurston confirms, saying, it's an allergy. (laughs) Gilligan, now confused, asks, allergy? (laughs) Here we go again. Thurston explains, yes, allergy. You see, anytime I get near anything over 24 carats, I can't breathe. Gilligan, unimpressed, says, boy, I can't wait to tell the professor, the skipper, and the girls. We'll all be rich. Thurston, now getting nervous, asks, all? 
Gilligan explains, Sure, Mr. Howe. Don't you remember? We all agreed to share everything on the island. Thurston, getting upset, says, Yes, I do recall making that agreement, but of course, then we didn't expect to find a gold mine. Don't you know what gold does to people? Gilligan's eyes get big as he says, "Uh Uh-huh, makes them rich. Thurston corrects him, saying, It makes them greedy. Gilligan whispers, Greedy? Thurston repeats in a whisper, Greedy. (laughs) Gilligan, now scared, asks, What can we do, Mr. Howell? Thurston, seeing his plan is working, whispers, We're going to keep this gold mine our secret. Gilligan holds up three fingers and says, Scout's honor, Mr. Howell. I won't breathe a word to anybody. We'll leave the filthy gold where it is. Thurston agrees at first, but after realizing what is said, he goes, no, 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 we can't take a chance. You see, one of the others might fall into the big asshole like you. That's true. That would be bad. Gilliam thinks and says, gosh, Mr. Hal, you're always thinking of the other fellow, aren't you? (laughs) Mr. Hal, perhaps getting a little crazy, says, I'm a multimillionaire. My life is ruined already. We have to protect our poor friends. Poor Gilligan, completely ignorant, says, How, Mr. Howell? (laughs) Thurston points, saying, I'm going to hire you to mine the gold, you see. I won't pay you enough to cause you any trouble. Then I'll hide it so no one will be able to find it. How's that? Gilligan asks, You promise you won't tell me where it is? Thurston (laughs) gives a peace sign and says, Scout's honor. Gilligan corrects him, saying, "It's, It's three. Thurston promptly holds up three fingers spread apart. As soon as his hand begins to shake once again. So first off, <clears throat> um, 24 karat gold is pure gold. There's none higher than that. Like, okay. <laughs> um, also, what what the fuck does he think he's going to do with all this gold? Like they're on a desert island. Well, keep it and take it back once they're rescued. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, what is he going to mine it with? Oh, <laughs> Jimmy. 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 Their hammer. Jimmy. Like. We're going to talk about that later. I guess. I have notes about Um, that. But also, in the beginning, they established that he's a billionaire with a B. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, he's a multi-millionaire. Yeah. That's true. What does the song say? The billionaire and his wife? Or the millionaire? I don't know. But when when you read the the synopsis of it, it says that he's a billionaire. Yeah. Oh, no, no. It wasn't the synopsis. It was on the radio. They say oh, he was oh, right. one of the, the world's 10 richest billionaires. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, w- I wish he wasn't a liar. So, Mr. Howe's allergic to gold? <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Thing? I mean, I've heard of people like getting a rash or something from gold, but. Maybe that's why he gave Gilligan those gold cufflinks, because he's allergic to them. <laughs> Good point. He can't breathe around them. <laughs> he must have a rash a lot in his groin. Well, he says he can't breathe, and he shakes. Right, but I mean, I'm saying he 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 probably has a rash a lot in his groin. In his groin? Yeah, because Lovey wears gold rings all the time. <laughs> Poor guy. Gross. What if she has gold teeth? That'd be even worse. Oh, my God. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, perv. Scene five. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we see Thurston and Gilligan coming out of the woods together. Oh, with Thurston yelling, Four! When he sees nobody is around, he whispers to Gilligan, All clear. I'll see you first thing in the morning at the you know what. 
Gilligan, already confused, pulls a Jimmy as he loudly asks, you know what? (laughs) Thurston, getting frustrated, yells back, you know what? Gilligan, finally getting it, says, oh, the gold. Just just as he says this, the skipper comes walking out of the woods. Thurston quickly puts his hand over Gilligan's mouth to stop him from saying any more. The skipper walks up to the two of them saying, Gilligan, there you are. Hello, Mr. Howell. Where have you been? Gilligan begins to explain saying, Mr. Howell and I were over there having a, but is cut off by the skipper saying, never mind. Guess what I found. You can guess all day and you still won't be able to get it. Gilligan now smiling says, give us a hint. The skipper says, it's an answer to all of our problems, all our prayers. Oh, what I have found will make your mouths water. Hmm. Gilligan quickly says, you found Marianne? (laughs) (laughs) Gilligan Gilligan says, you found a gold mine? Just as he says this, Thurston, quote unquote, accidentally hits Gilligan (laughs) in the toe with his nine clan. Is Clamwood. I don't know. <laughs> the skipper, undeterred, continues, No, Gilligan, we caught our own life raft from the minnow. We're going to be able to get off this island. Gilligan's eyes get big as he says, Oh, then we're saved. Mm. Gilligan, not thinking, then launches into, Oh, boy, this is our lucky day. Mr. Howell and I, but is hit in the leg again with Thurston's wood clam. His... Uh, <laughs> He tries to play it casual saying, sorry, Gilligan, I was playing through. (laughs) Gilligan goes back to talking to the skipper asking, when can we leave? He then gives Thurston a dirty look and says, I'm ready to leave right now. (laughs) But the skipper calms Gilligan down saying, not so fast. We've got a lot to do on the raft. She's full of holes. Thurston interrupts saying, oh, I'm glad to hear that. The skipper confused asks, glad to hear that? Hmm. Thurston backpedals saying, I mean, that you're going to fix the raft. The skipper, excited to get off the island, says, oh, don't you worry about a thing, Mr. Howell. She'll be safe and sound. Mr. Howell says, I'm sure of it because I've sailed with you and I know what you can do with a boat. (laughs) The skipper, not getting the sarcasm, smiles and says, thanks, Mr. Howell. (laughs) Mr. Howell continues saying, you handled our shipwreck magnificently. And the skipper finally getting it changes the subject saying, well, anyways, Gilligan, I want you up and on the beach first thing in the morning, ready to work. Gilligan tries to explain, but I promised Mr. Howell that I'd go down to dig. Just as he says this, Mr. Howell goes to take another swing at Gilligan to shut him up, <laughs> but not so stupid. Gilligan jumps up just in time, causing Mr. Howell to hit skipper's leg instead. Gilligan proudly says, you missed me, as the skipper lets out a whoop. <laughs> I just noticed you, when you were talking there, you said Mr. Howell. I did not say, I don't know why I said Mr. Mr. Oh, oh, hey, Mr. Howell. Oh, Mr. Howell. Oh, oh. Um, that scene was fucking hilarious. Yeah, that was pretty like, funny. I yeah, laughed yeah. out loud, like, a lot during that scene. It was really <laughs> fast pra- fast-paced, which was really made it funnier. Right. And, uh, yeah, I LOL'd like three times. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I love the look on Jim Backus's face the whole time. He just, he had so, he had very few lines in that scene, but he had so many great facial expressions to the whole thing. <laughs> Same and, with um, Bob Denver too. He did too. Like, especially yeah. when he was like, so when can we leave? Can we leave right now? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's, that was my next note was uh, Gilead, Gilead looked actually like getting pissed at Mr. Howell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Scene six. Back in the Howell's hut, we see Lovey posing in front of the mirror, trying to position a flower in her hair when Thurston runs in saying, Lovey, have I got news? Lovey, without stopping, simply repeats, news? Thurston <laughs> continues, Yes, I've discovered a gold mine on this island. Lovey, half listening, says, Oh, that's wonderful. Thurston continues, There's only one complication. I don't think we can mine that gold. Lovey, again, not really listening, says, Oh, that's dreadful. <laughs> Thurston continues, You see, the skipper found a raft, and it looks like we'll be rescued. Lovey, still half listening, says, That's wonderful. Thurston continues again, so we won't have time to mine the gold. Lovey says, that's dreadful. <laughs> Thurston says, Gilligan has to work all day on the boat for the skipper. When Thurston sees that Lovey didn't respond, he stops and says, Lovey? Lovey, realizing she missed a response, says, oh, I'm sorry, where were we, dreadful or wonderful? <laughs> Thurston says, well, it, well, it's dreadful if that boy has to work day and night. It's dreadful. Lovey agrees, saying, quite right, Thurston. Thurston thinks, then leans in and says, you know what would be wonderful? It'd be wonderful if you go down to the mine to help that boy dig. Lovey simply says, oh dear, we're back to dreadful again. <laughs> Thurston just looks disappointed. I thought this scene was pretty funny. I laughed a couple of times in this. <laughs> yeah, it was um, pretty good. Also, he would ask his wife before he's willing to help himself. What a piece of shit. Yeah. God. <laughs> it's a funny character, but God, he annoys me sometimes. <laughs> Scene seven. Out on the beach, we see two feet coming out from underneath the raft. The skipper, of course, supervising. <laughs> Mr. Howell comes out saying, good morning, captain. How's the work coming? The skipper says, the work's coming along fine, Mr. Howell. He pauses for a moment and asks, Something I can do for you? Thurston says, I'd like a few words with Gilligan. The skipper says, make it very few. He has a lot of work to do. <laughs> Mr. Howell says, yes, I understand. Thank you. As soon as the skipper walks away, Thurston bends down and taps Gilligan's leg saying, Gilligan, my boy. Gilligan's head comes out parallel with his feet. <laughs> as he says, hi, Mr. Howell. <laughs> Mr. Howell, seeing this, asks, <laughs> you all right? <laughs> I'm sorry. Since we've stopped. <laughs> this, this fucking, what made this funny was that the fact that Mr. Howell was just like, my God, like, are, are you okay? <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah what? <laughs> Ah, right, go ahead, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Howell. Seeing this, asks Gilligan, "Are you all right?" <laughs> Gilligan, confused by the question, says, "Sure." Thurston explains, well, "I know, but you look sort of strange." <laughs> Gilligan says, "Well, I haven't done this sort of work in a long time. I'm a bit out of shape." <laughs> Thurston looks at his legs and back at him and says, "I'll say you are." <laughs> Gilligan says. I'm sorry about today, but I couldn't say no to the skipper as he reaches over and ties his shoe. Thurston says, 
you will be able to make it tonight, won't you? Gilligan Unfaze says, oh, sure thing. When the skipper goes to sleep, I'll leave. Mr. Howell, so it sounds like Gilligan's not a, a stranger to sneaking out when, you know, Skipper goes to sleep. <laughs> yeah. saying. Gilligan's still trying to work, says, okay, I'll see you tonight. Thurston, still seeing Gilligan in such an unnatural position, says, Gilligan, I'm worried about you. <laughs> Gilligan says, oh, don't worry, Mr. Howell. I'm kind of in tight quarters, but I can move around a lot. I'm okay, see? As Gilligan moves around, Mr. Howell says, Fantastic. Remind me when we get back to the States that I want to talk to you about the It's Sullivan show. <laughs> Thurston then gets up and walks away. As soon as Thurston walks away, we see that the legs belong to the professor <laughs> who crawls out from underneath the raft and says, what was all that about? Gilligan crawls out and says, oh, he's going to put me on television on the It's Sullivan show. The professor, the professor asks, doing what? <laughs> Gilligan says, I don't know. Maybe Mr. Sullivan's boat needs fixing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this is so funny. So another thing is kind of interesting here is that this is how helpful Gilligan is. As he's sitting there talking, he notices right. the professor's shoes untied. He just ties it for him. He does, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's yeah. nice. That's a nice thing to do. You know, you're there. You're still having a conversation. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I thought it would be funny. I was like, how come he's not scratching it? That would be funnier. But then, you know, of course, you as the viewer don't know that it's actually the professor. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> this scene had me fucking dying. I was laughing, especially when the, <laughs> when the professor came out. I was like, oh, my God. I fucking lost it. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder if Thurston owns any fried chicken restaurants. I'm just curious. Why? Oh, you didn't notice the outfit he had? Of course you didn't notice the outfit he had. Why would you notice the outfit he had? But he was wearing like this, this like pale, almost cream colored suit with like this black bow tie that was in like a circle. And he just looked like Colonel Sanders. Oh. Um, I thought he did. Um, but yeah, my other note is Thurston is so stupid. <laughs> he's such an idiot. Why? <laughs> it's amazing. He's a millionaire, billionaire, whatever. He's just, he's such a moron sometimes. I mean, come on, you knew it. as a viewer yourself, you're probably like, how was he in that position? <laughs> well, I knew there was some explanation for it. I knew they wouldn't just naturally have him bent in half like that. Well, that I, I assumed it was like, well, obviously it's another person's legs for production wise, not like yeah, for yeah. the story wise, you know, but uh, <laughs> that scene was funny too. But oh, I mean, yeah. if you were in that position, you wouldn't be like, oh my God, Jimmy, come here. This guy's been in half. I mean, you'd be like, no, seriously. Like, what's going on? Like, why are you sitting like that? <laughs> Not why are you sitting? How are you sitting like that? Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's like, how are you feeling? He's like, yeah, I don't understand what. He's like, but you look weird. <laughs> Do I? I don't know. I'm just laying here. <laughs> His leg. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> Scene eight. That night, back at the hut, we see the skipper and Gilligan laying on their sacks. Gilligan is fast asleep when the skipper nudges him and says, Gilligan, we did a pretty good day's work. You know, like a liar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> makes, you, makes you feel real good, doesn't it? <laughs> I, said that, I said that weird. You said that pervy. He's like, Gilligan. you want something else that'll make you feel good? And he takes out his dentures. 
Gilligan ignoring the fact that his ass didn't do a damn thing simply says, sure does. <laughs> Skipper continues rambling, saying, I want to tell you, I'm oh, sorry, I want to tell you that Mother Nature is fucking pretty good. You know, it sounded like you know, he was drunk or whatever. No, that's one of my notes is that I swear the Skipper was drunk in the scene. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. Yeah. Because I want to tell you that Mother Nature there is a pretty good old gal. She lets you work all day long. Then all of a sudden she rings a bell and says, you've had enough. It's time to sleep. Gilligan is woken up once again by the skipper nudging him because the skipper has so much energy. Yeah, right. He fucking didn't do anything today. <laughs> exactly. Saying, Mother Nature is a great old gal. Soon both men are asleep when Mr. Howe comes walking in. He taps Gilligan on the chest and says, hey, Gilligan. Gilligan sleepily climbs out of bed while the skipper snores his ass off. Yeah, that's that's one of my notes. So as I swear, the skipper was drunk in the scene. And the yeah. fuck is he talking about? He didn't do a damn thing. He yeah. sat there watching literally all day while the professor and Gilligan worked. <laughs> exactly. He is such a lazy piece of shit. He really is. <laughs> but I noticed they upgraded from their sacks into actual hammocks. So they that's true. Have yeah. Sacks anymore. So Does it mean they must have went to Walmart and bought them, <laughs> just like the pickaxes they're going to use later on. <laughs> all right. Scene nine. Back in the big asshole, we see Gilligan trying to mine gold with Thurston in the foreground with a scale measuring what he's gotten. He says, there we are, exactly 32 ounces of gold. Gilligan turns around with a makeshift light on his head made out of a candlestick and a seashell asking, are you sure that scale is right? Thurston replies, certainly. Mrs. Howell's engagement ring weighs exactly one pound. Mm -hmm. You know, 16 ounces. Not 32, yeah. one pound. Well, I got to know about that, so go ahead. <laughs> I'm using it as a counterweight. Gilligan, obviously exhausted, asks, do you want me to dig anymore? Thurston says, certainly. It's only 4 a.m. Hmm. Gilligan, half asleep, says, oh, is that all? <laughs> There's probably a lot more gold in here. Thurston, staring at his gold, says, you can thank Mother Nature for that. Gilligan turns and says, you thank her, huh, Mr. Howell? You and the skipper know her a lot better than I do. I <laughs> know, right? <laughs> so that opening shot scene where it was like the skipper and the, or skipper Thurston and the scale and then Gilligan in the background, it was like like a Hitchcock type of shot. Yeah. With that close up that. and far away thing, it was kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. And the shadows and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they used a, an old doorknob as her, quote, engagement ring. <laughs> oh, is that what it was? Oh, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's using the candle, like you said, up against seashell for light. Like, how reflective is that shell? I mean, I guess it's better than nothing. It's going to help right. a little bit, but <laughs> can't imagine much. You ever notice that some of the island-made stuff kind of reminds you of, like, the Flintstone stuff? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next, they'll make a car with big stone wheels. <laughs> um, and in response, because you were saying 32 ounces, but 16 ounces makes a pound, right? But if you look at the scale, it was uh, the engagement ring was higher up on the scale than the gold. So it was. But it's still not going to help because the gold is still going to be like on the ground and the ring is going to be up in the air. You know what I mean? That's one pound difference. No, it's not just going to be leaning a little bit. One's going to be <laughs> down all the way and the other's going to be up all the way. I guess. I mean, one's two pounds, the other's one pound. So right. it should be at so least halfway or whatever. For me, it would make more sense for him to just put 16 ounces on. 
it's a one pound ring. You know what I mean? And then when you have 16 ounces, <laughs> right. do it again. Now you make have to even you know I mean? just like, make one pound bags. Yeah. And I got you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, Cause it's hard to measure for two pounds. Yeah. I mean, I guess you have that thing on the scale that measures, you know, kind of a thing. But I mean, but, what's he gaining by doing two pounds at a time that he, <laughs> I I mean, he's, he doesn't have anything. It's not like he's digging. So, I mean, he has time to just do one pound at a time. Well, you know, cause um, he may have to run out to to Menards to get some more bags. Oh, maybe, yeah. yeah. So you only you have think so many he, bags. You, so wait a minute. Do you think? Do you think uh, Mr. Howell has seen Menards? <laughs> Probably not. Do you think he's like familiar with Menards? Do you think he's like really looked around Menards? <laughs> I don't know. Like, has he checked everywhere? Everywhere in, in Menards? Yeah. Maybe like, I don't know. Sometimes things are hidden. But yeah. Sometimes you really got to dig around in Menards. <laughs> you know sometimes it takes a while i mean sometimes there's sometimes there's wood sometimes it smells funny but you know <laughs> but sometimes you have to dig around in Menards. um so uh, so he talks about two pounds of gold how much do you think it's worth today without looking at my notes oh damn he did a he pulled an attack yeah. um two pounds so you look of at gold. it like five times after i say don't look at my you're like I, I actually didn't. No, I know. I'm teasing. Sorry. I'm teasing. Um, so your question is, how much is two pounds of gold worth today? That's correct. Okay. Um, I actually have no idea. So I don't know. Um, I have no idea. I don't know. At the time of me writing this, um, gold was 1,720 pounds per ounce. And he did 32 oh, ounces. So that comes out to $55,040. Holy shit. Yeah. So each one of those bags is worth $55,000. Wow. Yeah. I remember later, didn't he say something like, that's worth $200 or something like that? Yeah. I don't yeah. know if $200 is worth 55, but that's how much is worth now. Um, where the yeah. hell did Gilligan get a pickaxe from? But if the professor can't make a nail, he damn sure can't make a pickaxe. There's no way in hell. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, Jimmy, don't you know that a pickaxe is a nautical tool of the everyday seaman? Oh, I'm sure. You mean like when they land on an island and they have to dig for gold? The <laughs> <laughs> captain must have had him on board. Like, hey, let's bring 10 picks at pickaxes too. I board. mean, they they could have at least made it look like an anchor. You know what I mean? Like it was a, like an anchor <laughs> with the thing like this and then just have a brand, yeah. like a piece of bamboo tied to it. That that would be clever. But come on, that's a straight up pickaxe. And then later they have like 10 of them later. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ginger has a little miniature pickaxe. It's like, damn, you just went to pickaxes R us, didn't you? Like, dang. <laughs> Scene 10. The next morning at breakfast, the skipper stands and says, folks, if I might have your attention, I want you to know that we're getting the raft ready as soon as possible. Thurston speaks up and says, not so fast, captain. We have to have a christening ceremony for the raft. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> says, not so fast, Captain. I think you ought to make sure it's safe first, don't you? Lovey pats him on the arm and says, quite right, Thurston. You know the old saying, a stitch in time. Uh, a stitch in, well, you know the old saying. There's no need repeating it. <laughs> Marianne asks the skipper, how long do you think it'll take, skipper? Skipper says, don't ask me. Ask Gilligan. The camera shows Gilligan, who's asleep in this coconut mug. Lovey, seeing this, says, Oh, leave the poor boy alone. He's trying to drink some water. 
Skipper. <laughs> she cracked me up. <laughs> Skipper not giving uh, a fuck says. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. No, he isn't. He's asleep. He then shouts, wake up, Gilligan. Gilligan mumbles, it's your turn to get up first. I got up first yesterday. It's your turn. He then kneels down and falls asleep. Ginger, watching Gilligan, says, asleep again. <laughs> the skipper, perhaps caring about Gilligan after all, says, yes, I guess I better get him off to bed. But Thurston speaks it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He's like, hell yeah, I'll carry his ass myself. <laughs> no? Okay. Right. But Thurston speaks up and says, never mind, we'll put him nighty night. Come on, lovey. <laughs> <laughs> they get up and run around the table to Gilligan. Thurston says, Lovey dear, you take the other arm. Lovey runs around Gilligan and says, I will just as soon as I can get this cup of guava jelly off his elbow. <laughs> they then begin dragging Gilligan to his bed while Lovey says, Thurston's going to give you his teddy bear. Thurston agrees, saying, That's right. Come on. Sandy Man is calling. Night, night. <laughs> <laughs> the professor gets up and asks, What do you suppose is the matter with Gilligan? I've never seen him so tired. Marianne smirks, bites her lip, and says, Oh, I have. Hell yeah, she has. Oh, I have. I know Hell exactly yeah. how. She has seen so him tired. worn out, if you know what I mean. And I think you do. Marianne says, What's the matter with Mr. Howell? I've never seen him so considerate. <laughs> Ginger then speaks up saying, you know, they don't seem very anxious to get the graphics. Marianne then gets really defensive and says, what? Some of us just don't want to rush things. Okay, bitch. Bitches only turn up with their friends. I can't make this shit up, bitch. Did you, did you, mm-hmm. get, the, did you get the joke on that? Like, well, because Marianne her, doesn't want right, to leave the island. Oh, I know. I, oh, okay, I totally okay. understand. I wasn't sure if you going. understand. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, but no. Anyway, everyone looks just confused at what is going on. So again, I, I love Mr. Howell's facial expressions. Like they just crack me the fuck up. <laughs> um, why does have you noticed that when Marianne talks to the skipper, she she talks to his hat? <laughs> no, like she doesn't look at him. She looks at his hat all the time. That's so weird. You didn't notice that? No. Maybe uh, it's some sort of acting technique. Oh. I don't know. But next time, watch. Like she's always looking up at his hat all the time. Maybe um, he like makes her laugh all the time. So the best way for yeah. her not to laugh is by looking at his hat, not his face. I don't know. But I, I like how the skipper scares Ginger at one point. <laughs> I didn't notice that. It was very funny. But also, uh, Lovey looked like she almost broke character at one point because Jim Backus oh. made her laugh. Like I, it looked to me like she was about to start cracking up. So I thought that was That's pretty awesome. funny. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Scene level. That night, everyone is fast asleep. Mm. Everyone that is, except of course for greedy old Mr. Howell, hmm. who was waking up Gilligan yet again to get back into his big asshole. <laughs> He shakes Gilligan Gilligan to get back in my asshole. (laughs) He shakes Gilligan with a shushing sound. As soon as Gilligan begins to wake up, Thurston does a digging motion with his hands, whispering, dig, dig. Gilligan, still exhausted from not sleeping last night, reluctantly wakes up and goes with him. As the camera pans down, the skipper's eyes snap open with a look of shock. 
Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Scene 12. Outside the hut, Thurston is saying, Come on, Gilligan, my boy. That's it. Up and at him. Off you go to the mine to dig. Gilligan, practically sleepwalking, begins to go down the wrong path. But Thurston, of course, guides him down the correct one, saying, No, son, you'll be all right. Let's go down that way to the mine. There you go. He shoves Gilligan on his way, then turns and leans against the hut to think just as the skipper pokes his head out to see what's going on. Thurston thinks out loud, saying, If he mines 16 nuggets at night, he's a willing boy. He's got a strong back. No labor problem there. Salary, let's see. Just cut him in. Just then Skipper, followed by Ginger, come out of the hut. Oh, shit. Oh, damn. When I first saw that, I was like, what the fuck is Ginger oh, doing shit. in there? I was like, damn. Like, maybe damn, that's a strong theory is, Maybe our theory was wrong after yeah, all. Right? Thurston continues saying, the smelting costs are absolutely negligible, plus the shipping. Just then the professor, too, comes out of the hut. Oh, shit. Oh, damn. <laughs> you think they saw each other? No, man. Skipper's been busy. Hell yeah, he has. It's probably <laughs> sore, too. Thurston continues again. The Hal Enterprise should grow $6 billion. Finally, Marianne pokes her head out of the hut, looks at Thurston, Damn. and follows the rest. I know what is happening. Thurston goes on, put that in Lovey's name in a dummy corporation. <laughs> I'll run it. Finally, Thurston yawns, scratches his head, and says, my money's made me sleepy. He goes back into the hut to go to sleep. Hmm. It's funny because when he turns around to go back in, you can still see them walking through the woods. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they had to like zigzag back there and they were still walking when he turns around. Um, <laughs> so why are they all coming out of the same hut? That doesn't make sense. I know. I have that. They same don't all sleep too. together. I'm all confused because I thought everybody had their own huts. They all slept they, in. Yeah. You know. Unless there's two doors in the hut and they're just passing through maybe. I don't know. <laughs> makes sense mm-hmm. scene 13 back down in the mine aka Thurston's big ass hole <laughs> Gilligan's hard at work moonlighting as a miner Wait, oh shit so, so Marianne can't have sex with him <laughs> that's why that's why because oh, oh. it's against the law to have sex with a miner and and it's usually at night when she tries to come on to him, but exactly, he yeah, moonlights yeah. as a miner. Damn, that sucks. Oh. Anyways, the skipper walks by from above and peers down into the big asshole. He manages to do the slowest, most non-believable fall ever, <laughs> landing on the floor of the big asshole. Of course, startling Gilligan. Gilligan hmm. walks over to the skipper and says, Hi, skipper. Glad you dropped in. Uh. The skipper goes to sit up, but feels something under his back. He reaches around to grab it, saying, what is that? Oh Gilligan God. tells him, a one-pound diamond ring. Uh-huh. The skipper ju- <laughs> a doorknob. The skipper <laughs> jumps to his feet and says, so that's what you've been up to. You've got a diamond mine. <laughs> Gilligan says, no, that belongs to Mrs. Howell. The skipper, now confused. Okay, it's a fucking surprise. <laughs> He asks, what are you doing down here? He looks around and asks, what's all this stuff all over the walls? Gilligan sheepishly answers, gold. The skipper in shock loudly repeats gold. 
Just as the professor, Marianne and Ginger show up on the rim of the big asshole. They all three in unison repeat gold. <laughs> Gilligan looks as if he's in trouble. <laughs> so <laughs> when the skipper fell in, it reminded me of a scene from Maryville Children. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where Al Bundy like falls off the roof. And then <laughs> just this funny little scream. Like here's the audio clip from his scream, which cracked me up. But it was because they also drop like a dummy. <laughs> it's just so fucking funny. When I saw it, just made me think ahead. of that the way he fell. When I saw Wicked in, in Tampa, um, yeah. the guy that plays the next door neighbor in that, oh, yeah, yeah, he played the wizard. Wait, which one are you talking about? The Not guy the guy from Revenge of the, of the Nerds, okay. the other one, Steve. Yeah. He was, he was in it playing the wizard. I'm like, oh my God, holy shit. That's Steve, whatever. I can't remember what his last name was now, but yeah, I thought that was really neat. So anyways, cool. but back to the scene. Um, why would Thurston just throw her ring on the ground? That's pretty fucked up. <laughs> like, it's not like he fell on a table or anything. <laughs> that means the ring was already on the ground. Right. I don't know. Maybe just fell off the table. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Man, it's awfully bright in that cave, seeing that it's nighttime and they only had two candles. <laughs> I know. Hmm. How'd they get now that I think about it? How'd they get the table down there, the scale down there? And that the, table is like a big ass tree trunk. <laughs> hmm. All right, so while you ponder that tag, okay. This is where we take our next break. Okay. So the rest of the castaways have found out about Thurston's big ass hole and how <laughs> Gilligan's been spending lots of time in Thurston's big ass hole. <laughs> will the skipper and the rest now want a piece of Thurston's big ass hole? Or will they find their own big ass hole to dig into? <laughs> and we will be back. Coming in the fall of 2022, Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions, a new novel inspired by the toys and cartoons of the 1980s. Click the link in today's show notes to preview now. The book follows 11-year-old Tommy Grant, who is trying to deal with some unfavorable circumstances in his otherwise tranquil life in rural 1980s Ohio. He retreats to the thing he loves most, the Order of Cosmic Champions long-running animated TV program and line of toys that provides Tommy with a much-needed boost of joy, especially when he discovers that the manufacturer is holding a nationwide create-a-character contest. The winning design will be made into an action figure and be sold the world over, with its creator becoming president for a day at the headquarters of the manufacturer. But when Tommy's character design loses out, his world begins to crumble, and you can only think of one way to fix it. Find the kid that submitted the winning design and try to convince him to help make Tommy's dream come true. Visit orderofcosmicchampions.com now where you can read about the inspiration for the new book. Watch the teaser trailer. Listen to the official theme song, Stand or Fall by Stan Bush.
See action figure designs based on the Order of Cosmic Champions characters. And sign up for updates on the novel's progress and upcoming release date. That's orderofcosmicchampions.com or click the link in today's show notes. Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions, a new novel by Anthony Rapino and Anthony Great. Coming in the fall of 2022. We are back. Yeah, man, that was a good break. Mm-hmm. That was that was that was that was a good one. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Wait a minute, are you being gross again? <laughs> no, I'm not talking about <laughs> big ass holes. Um, <laughs> gross. <laughs> so yeah, I was talking. I was talking to my wife this week about you know what we you know about the recording that she was asking me last week how the recording went, and uh, I was telling her about our uh, Gilligan's Island cast. And she, she yeah. agreed for the most yeah. part. She agreed. There was somebody she had okay. said, she's like, well, what about this person? But I can't remember who it is because I'm horrible with names. But um, <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool. Well, we actually got a little email from Emmy Kate. Oh, nice. <clears throat> and she Does it have actually, to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's it. It's like, no, no, she's emailed. <laughs> so she actually sent in her idea for a cast. Oh, nice. <laughs> <clears throat> that's cool. Yeah. So she says, um, hey, bunch of rude gang. That's apparently what she calls us now. <laughs> right on. <laughs> um, she, <laughs> she said, first of all, you are correct that I have not heard of pinch and swirl or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, pinch, yeah. Pinch and twist, pinch and, and pinch and <laughs> whatever, except for the, she talks about a Seinfeld episode. Um, what did you call it? You called it what? The pinch and twirl or something? What did you call pinch it? Pinch and twist. Pinch and twist. What did I call it? Pinch and roll. I call it the pension yeah. roll. I call it pension twist. Okay. Um, he, she said, uh, I'll ask the hubby when he gets home about it. <laughs> um, so she says, second, I have my list of actors. I want to play as the castaways. Okay. So she says, Marianne should be Jessica Simpson. Uh, yeah. I see where she's going with it. Yeah. She played Daisy Duke. Yeah. Uh, for Ginger, she suggested Sarah Highland, possibly, but she's family. she's like smaller than Jessica Simpson, like height and everything. She's right? tiny, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. That was my thing too. It's like she looks so young, but she does, yeah. Um, but if they made her like an influencer, like a modern day, like if it was a modern take on it, where she had like had her cell phone out and stuff all the time, then I could see it. I totally see it. Oh, I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, I could totally see it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we were yeah. going old school Hollywood. If they're going new, oh, yeah, dead shit. on. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder if she can like have her phone like to the whole series somehow. Like, <laughs> but that could be a running joke. It. Like she's all the time like, hey guys, this is so and so. But like her phone's been dead for months. She just can't like break the habit. <laughs> yeah. Um another suggestion uh was Megan Fox for Ginger. Okay. And then she says, quote, even though I hate her. <laughs> yeah, she's got an attitude problem. Yeah, I don't like her. Um, Amy Adams was another suggestion, but I see her more of a Marianne type. Yeah, yeah, I could see Mary, uh, um, Amy Adams. <laughs> um, the professor, she suggested Penn Badgley. Okay, yeah, I could. I, he he kind of looks like a professor. I can kind of see that. Yeah, uh, or Adam Goldberg was another suggestion, which I, I think I kind of like. He was on um, um, Same Private Ryan, right? 
Yeah, okay. I know you're talking about. Her suggestion for Gilligan was Ed Helms. Yeah, which okay. I like the idea of having Ed Helms a part of this, but I don't like him for Gilligan. But the problem is, is Ed Helms is like 6'1", 6'2", right? Like, I guess you could have a tall Gilligan. I can kind of see it, but think of it in, in more of an Andy term. You know what I mean? Like right. Andy yeah, without so. without the cockiness. Take away the cockiness yeah, yeah. from Andy and without <laughs> the anger so. management and the cockiness. I can kind of <laughs> right. see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nard dog. <laughs> um, her skipper suggestions is Eric Stone Street, also from Modern Family. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He was in a Weird Al video. He was in Tacky. Oh, he's uh, he's funny. Uh, other suggestions for the skipper from her was John Goodman or okay. Kevin James. My wife had said John. No, you said John Goodman. I, I get you too confused. Yeah, I know. We look, we look alike. Every time we're walking exactly. down the street, yeah, like, whoa, yeah. twins? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, her Mr. Howell suggestions were James Brolin. Yeah, he's kind of has that that stoic captain look. He he's he wouldn't be a goofy captain. He'd be a serious captain. Um, yeah. Uh, her other suggestion was John O'Hurley, which I think would be hilarious. He would play a really good Mr. Howell. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I could, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I could totally see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, her Mrs. Howell suggestion is Frances Conroy. Um, she's not like funny enough though. I mean, she was on a few episodes of How I Met Your Mother, but but, but see, prior to Airplane, he wasn't funny either. He did only serious stuff. Uh, Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um. Sorry, two more suggestions about from Mrs. Howell was a uh, Ellen Bernstein. Okay, I could see that. And Sophia Loren. Oh yeah, I could see Sophia Loren. I'm not too familiar with all the Mrs. Howell suggestions, so I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of those are really good suggestions that we hadn't thought of. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that dude for Thurston, I could totally see him. Because we were oh, thinking more sure. of people that were real life married, but yeah, I could see him doing it. Yeah. Yeah. John O'Hurley would be a great Mr. Al. Um, anyway, she finishes up her email. She said, I tried to watch the Brady Bunch variety hour and couldn't get through the opening number. Terrible. <laughs> 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 Looking forward to the Brady Brides and Brady movies, but also enjoying Gilligan's Island tremendously. Boom. You know who I could kind of picture for Thurston if he could, if he was willing to play it and if he could play it? Um, hmm. Do you remember the original Queer Eye? Um, a little bit. The guy that was in charge of fashion from the original Queer Eye? I'm thinking of Tim Gunn. Yeah, that's what I figured you were talking I totally, about. I can totally yeah. picture Tim Gunn. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, He was on an episode of How I Met Your Mother, too. Yeah, I can totally picture him. Playing himself. He was playing himself. Right. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I like the idea of like... <laughs> Uh, Ginger being like an influencer, like a YouTube influencer right, or whatever, yeah, yeah. like like a yeah. Paris Hilton, constantly on her phone or whatever. Like, yeah, that's funny. Like Which I'm sure that's what they'll do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. All right. Cool. Well, thanks, Amy Kate. Those Hell are yeah. some uh, really cool suggestions. Like <laughs> anybody else has any more? Yeah, I was just about to say, way. if anybody else wants to join in the fun and tell <clears> us your, your cast. Yeah. It's interesting. All right. So yeah. when we left off. Mm-hmm. The castaways had found out about Gilligan and Thurston's secret. 
Mm. Will they want a piece of Thurston's claim? Do they want part of his big asshole too? Exactly. Or are they more concerned with getting off the mm. island? Oh. <laughs> I, fooled you. I fooled you. <laughs> you got me. Well, let's get back into this. All right. Scene 14. The next day, back at the lagoon, the skipper, Professor Marion, and Ginger all stand around the life raft. The skipper says, and that's the story, folks. I was with Mr. Howell till 5.30 in the morning. He wouldn't give an inch. We might as well finish working on the raft. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I heard he wouldn't give an inch. and I, He gave uh, six inches. <laughs> <laughs> the professor looks confused and asks, Gilligan's dug lots of gold out of that mine. Doesn't he get any of it? Skipper tells him, no, professor. He was working on straight hourly apprentice rate. Ginger, getting as upset as Ginger could, says, I don't think that's fair. Do you, Marianne? Marianne, thinking of her Gilligan, says, I certainly do not. Couldn't we go to Mrs. Howell? Skipper informs them, that wouldn't do any good either, Marianne. She's working by the hour, too. <laughs> hey oh Ginger thanks for a moment and says, I hate to say it, but last night when I was looking down the mine at all that gold, Something happened to me. Marianne says, Well, Ginger, if you can admit it, so can I. I've got gold fever. The skipper simply says, Professor? The professor says, Why not? School teachers are human. The skipper thinks and says, It's amazing. We've all been bitten by the same bug at the same time. Ew. Oh. That's weird that they all like gold at the same time. Yeah, right. That's, that that is strange. Gold? Ew, gross. <laughs> Round gold? Marianne, now getting nervous, says, Gee, I hope it isn't catchy. I'd hate to see poor Gilligan come down with it. Just as she says this, Gilligan comes walking up in the time to hear the skipper say, He's going to catch it sooner or later. Marianne looks at the skipper with a, What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Look on her face as she says, Don't say that, skipper. <laughs> Gilligan, knowing they're talking about him, says, Don't say what? What have I got? The skipper, seeing Gilligan is getting worked up, says, Calm down, Gilligan. Gilligan, not settling for this, says, and getting more and more worked up, says, Skipper, you've got to tell me the truth. What have I got? I know there's no doctor or hospital on this island. I want the truth. What have I got? The skipper, raising his voice over Gilligan, says, All I said is that you would probably get what we've already got. Gilligan, not full of panic mode, shouts, Oh, no. Oh, no. What's everybody got? Ginger says, gold fever, Gilligan. Gilligan points and says, that's what Mr. Howell said would happen. The skipper changes the subject, saying, oh, never mind that now, Gilligan. I sent you over to Mr. Howell with a final plea in hopes that he'll share his gold with us. Gilligan says, right, skipper. Like I told him, all for one and one for all. The skipper asks, and what was his answer? Gilligan reaches into his back pocket and says, he sent me back with this letter. The skipper, not giving Gilligan any time to even open it, says, Well, read the letter aloud. <laughs> Everybody is concerned with it, Gilligan. Gilligan asks, You want me to read the whole letter? The skipper abruptly says, The whole letter? What is his answer? Gilligan clears his throat and simply says, No. <laughs> the professor puts his hand on his leg and says, Well, he certainly writes a nice letter. Come on. The professor made a joke 
Yeah. Very let's dry give, joke. Let's yeah. give him let's give him you know the old rim shot. Oh, oh, oh. There you go. He deserves yeah. it for his one joke. He probably won't have another one until like season three. Exactly. No, probably not till the movie <laughs> in the nineties. <laughs> Skiffer getting dramatic says, Well, I guess it's hopeless. He turned me down. Now he's turned Gilligan down. We've tried every approach. Ginger seductively says, Not every approach, Skipper. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. She's gonna approach that shit if you know what I mean. Maybe like a different kind of big asshole. Damn right. Hell yeah. She's gonna be mining for love. <laughs> Check out this other hole. She's Mr. gonna be mining Howell. for dick. <laughs> yeah. She's about you can go into my mind. I don't know where I'm going with that. You can. Oh. <laughs> Hell yeah, you can be my miner. Wait, no, that's not. No. <laughs> I get turned on by miners. No, no, that's not right either. Right. So I don't understand. Just don't let the howls eat. Like, it's fucking simple. Like, it's, it's like, oh, you're not going to share? We're not going to share either. Get the fuck away from our food. Go find your own. See how easy that is? Um, hmm. But also, um, just tell Gilligan not to go mine anymore. Like, why the fuck is Gilligan <laughs> still helping if he's not getting it? You know what I mean? Or if he is, why don't take a little off top for himself? You know, you don't know. Or that, or just go and start mining it. Like, what's Mr. Howell going to do? If all of them are in there, what's he going to do? You <laughs> know, <laughs> yeah. good point. You know, he's not going to lift a finger. Um, Marianne has some dead eyes sometimes. Like, next time you watch this, look at her because she's just like, like, when she's not in character, she's just like, like just, I don't know. I don't have any lines. I don't have to be here. Exactly. She yeah, just yeah. like leaves her body. Yeah. <laughs> Scene 15. Out in the woods of the island, we see Thurston trotting through the woods with a pith helmet on. When suddenly he hears a whistle. He stops, turns around, and sees a hand sticking out from a tree, calling him over. Is he behind the tree? <laughs> Thurston Ooh. smiles, then points at himself as if to ask, Who, me? <laughs> Finally, Ginger comes out from behind the tree with a smile on her face. Is he behind the tree? She seductively says, Hello, Mr. Howell. <laughs> Thurston says, Yes, Miss Grant. Ginger says, I was just wondering. But before she can continue, Mr. Howell says, Yes, everyone's been wondering, and the answer is no. Oh, shit. Ginger, looking shocked, asks, no, Thurston reiterates, that's right, a 14-carat no. Oh, shit. As Thurston turns to walk away, Ginger stops him, saying, but Mr. Howell, I just wanted to tell you something. She postures up and says, I don't think the others have been very fair to you about your gold mine. Thurston, looking shocked, asks, you don't? Ginger very dramatically says, no, Mr. Howell. I don't like the way they've been acting at all. Thurston, taken aback, says, Heavens to Fort Knox, neither do I. <laughs> Ginger dramatically points at herself and says, I think that they've been making you feel guilty about digging your gold mine. Thurston smiles and says, Well, 
I've been digging so fast, I haven't had a chance to feel guilty. <laughs> Thurston then begins laughing at his own joke. Ginger interrupts, saying, Mr. Howell, I think they're very greedy, depriving you of the right to be generous and to be the wonderful man that I know you are. <laughs> Thurston, completely confused and dumbfounded, says, Why? But Ginger continues, Mr. Howell, I know you. I know that deep down in your soul, you're a wonderful, generous man, and you wanted to share your gold with all of us. <laughs> there is still good in him. She dramatically smacks him on the shoulder. Thurston, now inspired by the speech, says, yes, I did. But thank goodness I fought that nasty impulse. The answer <laughs> is still no. Ginger just stands there in disbelief, saying, no. It's real subtle there, Ging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys ever heard of uh, reverse psychology? You ever heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was kind of impressed. Like, she actually spoke loudly. She didn't do her voice. She was actually. What are you trying to say? I didn't sound like her? Because <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I feel like you are. And they're not treating it. And I was like, holy shit, she actually has a voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I assume she was doing like her acting that she does. So yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Um, what the fuck kind of speech was that? Did she really think that she was going to work? <laughs> That's real subtle. Like, Thurston is a lot of things, but he's not a moron. Like, he's not stupid. <laughs> no. Well, he is sometimes, but <laughs> with stuff like that, he's not a moron. Um, <laughs> She should have accidentally, finger quotes, yeah. rubbed against him. Like, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. You know what the fuck I mean. Don't try to play it <laughs> off like you don't. You know what I mean. You know, you know yeah. what I mean, right, Ty? Yeah. Talking to a girl and they accidentally keep bumping into you or rubbing up against it. She should have pulled that shit. <laughs> I had this chick I used to work with when I was at the call center. I used to do that all the time. Yeah. Every time she came over, she, would, she was kind of large-chested. Mm -hmm. And she would always press her self up against me all right. the time and yeah. like she's like like lean over to get to my computer she'd be like, oh, and she just like press up against me i'm like oh my god and i was talking to this other dude i'm like hey when she talks to you does she ever press up and he goes all the time i'm like right <laughs> he's like yeah <clears throat> <clears throat> anyway scene 16 in some other caves that seem to magically appear on the island and are in no way suitable for living in, apparently, <laughs> everyone except, <laughs> of course, the greedy howls are standing with tools in their hands. The skipper yells, no doubt about it. The only way we'll get gold ourselves is to stake out our claim and start digging. Stake out their claim! <laughs> everyone takes off in different directions to dig for gold. First, we see Ginger with a small pickaxe in one hand and a rock in the other. She inspects it, realizes it's not gold, and throws it down. She throws her pickaxe down. <laughs> then she starts hitting the rock. And goes, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> starts making monkey noises. <laughs> and then Bobby Brady shows up. <laughs> Next, we see the skipper just standing there, looking around as if he's confused <laughs> at where he is. <laughs> Next, we see the professor swing his pickaxe, then dramatically wipe the sweat off of his face. Next, we see Marianne, again with her own pickaxe, swinging away at the rock walls. Finally, we see Gilligan. He goes to swing his axe, but knocks the candle over and blows it out on accident. Gilligan. 
Hey, who turned out the lights? Okay, hey. so where the fuck are all these tools coming from? <laughs> Don't you know the pickaxe is a common helical tool of the fearless semen, Jimmy? <laughs> My semen never had pickaxes. Sorry, I couldn't resist. That's gross. You're gross tech. But yeah, yeah, that kind of bugged me. Like how they just start, you know, acquiring things out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, we're nine weeks in and they already have junk and shit. And you watch and, and see. They're going to walk into the professor's hut one time and he's going to be sitting with a microscope and shit. Like, wait a minute. I know you didn't have that on the boat. He's going to have like a Tesla coil. He's yeah. going to have yeah. all kinds of shit. Those Jacob ladders things where they, the electricity goes up. All right. Yeah. And like beakers and all kinds of shit. <laughs> He's going to have like a little fire thing with a beaker over top of it. Um, anyways, <laughs> scene. <Bunsen burner. laughs> that's what it's called. Yeah. Scene 17. Back at the huts, we see Ginger and Marianne sitting down with dirt all over their faces. Mm. Ginger abruptly says, water, please. Marianne tosses the cup of water to Ginger, not giving any fucks. Bitches only turn up with their friends. What? I can't make this shit up, what? bitch. Ginger gasps at what she did, asking, do you have to spill it on the table? Marianne throws her fork down and snaps back. Do you have to yell at the table? Marianne crosses her arms and pouts as the professor walks up and sits down. As he sits down, he clears his throat. Marianne snaps. Do you have to sing at the table? (laughs) The professor corrects her, saying, I wasn't singing. I was coughing. Ginger turns and snaps. Well, do you have to cough at the table? The professor calmly looks at both ladies and asks, no gold for you either? Ginger says, not a nugget. Hmm. The skipper and Gilligan now walk up, and as soon as they begin to talk, everyone starts snapping at each other. Finally, the skipper and Gilligan walk away and sit at another table. The skipper asks, anyone want to work on the raft tonight? The professor, Hmm. Marion, and Ginger all agree, saying it's a great idea. But just as morale is starting to lift... The gold digging howls come walking up, bragging, saying, I'm sorry we're late, but we just mm. struck a rich vein and Lovey was afraid it might bleed all over the floor. <laughs> mm. <laughs> the professor, Ginger, and Marianne just sit and roll their eyes. As Thurston laughs at his own joke, Lovey says, I hate a messy mine. He always says, a mind that's lumpy makes you grumpy. Mm-hmm. Thurston then shouts, an ode to the mother load. Mm-hmm. And he's straight up spitting rhymes now. <laughs> Gilligan begins to laugh at Thurston's joke, but sees the skipper glaring at him and stops himself. <laughs> Thurston asks everyone if they've had any luck, but seems to enjoy saying, that's too bad. Don't let your bad luck ruin our good dinner. Right, lovey dear? <laughs> lovey says, right, darling. Lovey mm. loudly says, you've no idea how filling 50 bags of gold gives you an appetite. <laughs> the skipper, having had enough, says, oh, come on. Let's go down and take a look at the raft, huh? The professor says, yes. I'm not very hungry anyways. Thurston asks, say, Captain, how's it coming? Any progress? The skipper says, not since I've been in the mining business, Mr. Hal. I'll turn in my pick and shovel and start work on that raft in the morning. Thurston says, as long as you're turning in your mining tools, perhaps Mrs. Hal and I could use them. The skipper simply says, I'm sorry. But Thurston continues saying, when I say use, of course, I mean on a rental basis. 
The skipper thinks for a moment and says, say, if I rent them to you, maybe I can do something. That'll work just fine. Soon both men are laughing. Hmm. So, like, Marianne seems really cautious about that table. <laughs> She's like, why do you have to yell at the table? Yeah, right, why do you have yeah. to sing at the Why do you have to cough at the table? <laughs> why do you have like, to live at the table? Why do you have to be alive at the table? Why do you have to breathe? Why do you have to be so mean to the table all the time? <laughs> <laughs> so they, they worked in the mine for one day, and they're all just so exhausted. Gilligan should have been like, not so easy, is it? I've been fucking doing it for days. Yeah, try and, and do it like, on three fuck. hours of sleep. For the lazy asses. Um, okay, so back about the mine. So first off, just fucking yeah. take their mine. They don't sleep there. Just fucking go take their gold. They're not there all the time. They got to sleep sometimes. Yeah, as soon as they go back and go to sleep, that's when you go and mine. See how that works? Um, mm-hmm. Two, why are they letting them eat? Well, first of all, it's not anybody's food. Well, it's if Marianne, food. yeah, but if Marianne and Ginger are preparing it, then it is their food. True. So all they have to say is, no, no, we harvested this food. You go harvest your own food. The professor can hmm. say, no, no, that's my garden. Just like that's your gold mine. So right. you go harvest your own food. This is our food. You go harvest your own food. Because if it's not all mm. for one, one for all, then that goes for everything. Not just gold. That's everything. Um, mm-hmm. um and what's with all the shitty attitudes all of a sudden? Like, yeah, they didn't find any gold, but why are they like at each other's throats about it? Like, <laughs> I think they're just exhausted and cranky. But I mean, again, like I know you said when they get rescued, but they can't spend that shit now. What does it matter? It's not leaving the <laughs> island anytime soon. Like, true. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> so yeah, but hmm. yeah, that just kind of irritated me. But, yeah. Especially Mr. Howell. Like they're, they're, the howls, they're just having so much fun rubbing it in their faces. Like, I don't know. <laughs> no. Irritates me. Yeah. Scene 18. Later, we see Mr. Howell in the mine measuring out his claim. His claim. <laughs> Skipper and Gilligan show up around the mine asking, anybody home? Thurston yells up, who's calling? <laughs> Gilligan says, Gilligan's rent-a-pick calling. Thurston shouts back, yes, gentlemen, come in. Skipper says, door to cave service. Gilligan says, boy, have we got some bargains for you. Thurston says, I just love bargains. As Gilligan and the skipper walk into the cave, Thurston says, well, gentlemen, this is an unexpected pleasure, I must say. Skipper, suddenly kissing Thurston's ass for some reason, says, it's all part of our service. Thurston hollers, oh, lovey, come see what daddy has brought for you. Skipper says, see, Mr. Hell, we have six pieces here. If you buy all six, we'll give you a very special price. Gilligan adds, we hate to break up a set. (laughs) (laughs) Lovey walks up saying, good morning, Gilligan. How are you, Skipper? Lovey spots the tools and says, oh, Thurston Howell III, are all these beautiful things for me? (laughs) Thurston says, nothing finer for a dainty miner. (laughs) He's spitting rhymes again. He is, but she's like 60-something years old. She ain't no miner. (laughs) Levy adds you're so extravagant Thurston says yes my dear I'll see you later at the papaya no clue what the fuck that meant but that's what (laughs) Levy leaves saying I can't wait to use them thank you darling Thurston grabs some paper and says now gentlemen what's the name of your company but the skipper stops that shit quick saying no checks Mr. Howell 
Mr. Hal looks shocked, saying, no checks. Gilligan's eyes get equally big as he says, no banks. <laughs> the skipper says, money will do just fine. Thurston says, well, I haven't used money in the past 25 years. You know, like a liar. <laughs> the skipper looks on the table and says, might I suggest one of those bags? Thurston points and says, one of those bags is worth $200. Gilligan then looks down and says, might I suggest two of these bags? <laughs> Thurston simply says, but. Hmm. So hmm. what's up with the phony who's calling bullshit? Like he's looking right at him. Like know. what the fuck is he talking Just about? being silly. You know, trying to make it feel more like a town. I guess. <laughs> um, and why aren't they setting a price? Why are they waiting till Thurston, like, to find out what Thurston's willing to spend? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> no. Like, if you go into Walgreens or Walmart, they have prices posted. They don't walk up and say, well, you know, we know you want those Reese's, but, you know, how much are you willing to spend? on? No, fuck that. You set a price. I think they did 400 bucks. <laughs> yeah. After they saw what was going on, like at no time did they say, this is the deal. This is how much you're going to spend. Instead, they're waiting around to see what Thurston's willing to give them. Like, you know, I don't, I don't you, know you, you, you watch this, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't see what the problem is. I don't understand. Okay. So if you were renting equipment like that, right? I gotcha. But think about their specific situation. Would you just meet up with a customer and just wait to see what they're willing to spend? Like, well, no, of course not. Well, there That's you go. Know. But this is not a normal situation. I right. understand he, why they did it. He literally way. has all the money on the island and they have none. <laughs> right. So they need to set a price. Like, So he gives the pickaxes to them, says, here you go. These are for you. Right. It's for you. You keep those. You do as whatever you want. You excited? You excited? You should be excited. These are for you. And then she's like, oh, thank you. This is awesome. Thank you. And leaves. It's like, hey, cool. 600 bucks. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? He's like, what do you mean, four hundred? Six hundred? Well, I know they only pay for. I'm yeah. just saying. I just threw a number out there. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, she's already got them. She's already using them. So, you know, there you go. Yeah. That's yeah. how I see it went down. As far as him not asking ahead of time, is that's on him. Right. But he probably has so much money, like buying a few pickaxes or is nothing. See, I would, I would have shown it to him, been like, no, no, you're not touching these until I get paid. It's two of these bags right here. Oh, you don't want them? Okay, we'll carry them back up by the hill. You know what I mean? Because you can't. But he's more inclined to pay once she's already got them. I guess, but he's also more inclined to keep it and say, no, you're not going to get back. <laughs> it is Thurston, after all. <laughs> yeah, this just kind of irritated me again. Like the, It's like they let Thurston do whatever the fuck he wants. They let him eat their food. They let him do what, And then they don't even set a price when they, you know. Deal well, with as we'll see in the next scene. Yeah. Oh, I, oh believe me, amazing. I enjoyed that a lot. But this scene particularly irritated <laughs> the shit out of me. So. Yeah. Right. Scene 19. Thurston and Lovey are sitting at the dinner table when we hear Thurston telling Lovey the punchline of a joke. And so the elephant said, let go of my trunk. Yes. Okay, he, he told where, that joke fucking you? wrong, but that's that's all right. That's all right. Where, where, where's the... We... There we go. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's supposed to be, no thanks, I have a trunk. <laughs> oh, whatever. I see. Lovey, Ginger, and Marianne all laugh at the joke. As Lovey looks at Ginger, she says, Ginger. Oh, no, she didn't say it like that. She goes, Ginger, my compliments to the chef. That was a superb mm. seafood salad. Mm. Ginger smiles and says, Thank you. Marianne says, I hope the lobster wasn't too rich for you. Thurston quips, Well, if he was, 
He didn't get a chance to mention it. (laughs) Everyone just laughs. Lovey says, you know, I think it's rude to talk about money at the table in front of a strange lobster. Mm -hmm. Ginger, having written things down on a piece of paper, turns and asks, will that be all, sir? Thurston smiles and says, yes, that will be all. Ginger then hands him the piece of paper and says, here you are, sir. Thurston, still smiling, looks and asks, what's this? Ginger says, that's the dinner check. Thurston's eyes get huge as he exclaims, $740? Hmm. Lovey looks at him and reads, seafood salad, $175. Thurston yells, lobster, $200. Marianne then finishes the list saying, brand fruit muffins, $125. Side order of guava jelly, $50. Thurston turns and says, so that's your little game, huh? First the skipper, Hmm. then Gilligan. You're going to charge us for our meals? Well, Lovey says, well, that's a fine kettle of fish. Ginger then takes the bill back and says, thank you for reminding me, Mrs. Howell. When Mrs. Howell asks, for what? Ginger says, one kettle of fish, $300. Well, well, well. How the turntables... That sounded like Ron for a second. It's funny. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I will admit it is a little bit messed up to wait until the end of the meal to tell them that they're (laughs) going to be charged. You know what I mean? Like at first, I mean, what I would do is when they walk up, wait a minute. So you're here to pay for a meal, right? You know, and if they say, no, I don't want to pay for it, then get the fuck away. Um, Because it's easier for them to, you know, it's easy to have them not be able to eat than to somehow try to get the money back. I mean, there's nothing stopping them from saying, uh, no, not paying. You know what I mean? So how would they go down? So you think about, okay, so if they come up for dinner and like, okay, is dinner ready? And they're like, yeah, it's going to cost you money tonight. Right. Are you still going to eat? Like, well, did you charge anybody else? Right. No. Then why are you charging me? (laughs) I mean, how would you, how would you argue with that? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, well, we're only charging you because you have money. Like, that's not right. <laughs> it's like, you can't, I don't know. Well, they, what it probably is, is the rest of the people just got their own food. So when they walk up, you know, the howls yes. aren't going to make their own food. You know, that shit's not going to happen. <laughs> right. So, oh, you want us to provide food for you? Then you're going to pay for it. All the rest of the people, they helped, you know, gather their food. They helped you know, grow the food. They helped prepare the food. You have been making money all day for yourself and not want to share it. So sorry, but if you're going to eat here, you're going to pay for it. Okay. That, well, that makes a little more yeah. sense if it talk about it that way. Yeah. But I will, I do admit though that they don't charge anybody else. So it's kind of fucked up to wait till the end of the meal. I would have said, yeah. no, nah, hold on a second. The, just so you, at least give them a menu so they know how much everything costs. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Because then at least they, they're sitting there thinking, oh, man, I'd really like to eat. Well, I mean, if you shared everything, we would share everything. But you're not sharing everything, so we're not sharing everything. So, hmm. Scene to one day. Back in the professor's hut, we see him pouring something into a bamboo shoots. As Thurston says, that is positively my last offer. The professor says, well, if 600 is all you can spend, take only three candles. <laughs> Thurston Offended says, what? 
The professor says, you can't beat that price anywhere else on the island. <laughs> Literally, yeah. He's got the monopoly. Levy, looking like she's about to cry, says, please, Thurston, you can't see a thing down in that mine. Finally, Thurston says, all right, I'll take six candles. Give the man $1,200. Lovey hands the professor a large bag. The professor says, $50 more, Mr. Howell, and I can gift wrap this for you. <laughs> if that was Carol Brady. Hell yeah. Like, oh, fuck yeah. But you got boxes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thurston gets mad again, saying, no, $1,200 for the six of them. That's my last offer. The professor, staying calm, says, well, you're the man with the gold mine. Oh, by the way, <laughs> as long as you're here, Mr. Howell, would you like to look at some wicks? <laughs> Thurston, holding six candles, asks, you mean there aren't any wicks in these candles? The professor, looking offended, says, not for this kind of money. The Howells look mad as I'll get out. Mm. <laughs> That's so fucked up. This mean this scene made me so happy. Like just because the professor removes like all emotion from it. Like, he's just straight up like if all you can spend is six hundred dollars and take three candles. Like, <laughs> that's how Walmart would handle it if you went in there and said it. Well, can't afford it, then just buy three. Go somewhere um, else. You can check the other candle store down oh that's right. I'm the only one. <laughs> um where did he get all this wax from? I don't know. Earwax? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Because, I mean, it doesn't look like beeswax. Maybe it is, but it doesn't look like it. But, I mean, that's a lot of beeswax. Yeah. And if he just found it sitting there, then it was nobody's beeswax. And if he was trying, if he was, like, hunting for it a lot, then he would, like, you know, they were like, well, go mine your own beeswax. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it, but, but in order to, I don't know if you know this, but like, um, in order to, to, to extract, like to get beeswax, you know, you have to get the bees out of the way. Some people use smoke. Now they use smoke, Yeah. but the, the, uh, Polynesians scare the bees. Oh. And you know how they scare them? How do they do that? They yell, booby. (laughs) 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 That's so stupid. I'm so juvenile. <laughs> so juvenile. <laughs> you know, don't you have this like don't you have this this view of like or this thing this picture in your head of all the people except for the professor sitting at the table trying to eat and off in the distance you hear booby like hear the professor like yelling. <laughs> <laughs> And then they try to continue with their breakfast. Booby! <laughs> Skipper trying to make candles again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> Scene 21. Back at the lagoon, we see the entire group, minus Gilligan, gathered. The skipper walks away from the raft saying, that raft is in perfect shape. We can float for days till we're seen by a ship or a plane. Thurston, pouting because he has to leave his big asshole, crosses his arms saying, I hope that provisions have been made for my bag of gold aboard your raft. The skipper says, nothing going. The professor knows exactly how much weight the raft supports. The professor adds, that's right. With our combined weight and the weight of the provisions, we can't take a chance. Gold is very heavy. 
Ginger says, my bag isn't very heavy. Uh, Mm. As she tries and fails to pick it up. Marianne adds, mine is light as a feather and also struggles to pick hers up. Mm. Lovey asks, can I take a teensy weens? No, she didn't talk like that. Lovey asks, can I take a teensy weensy little bag of gold? (laughs) The skipper sarcastically asks, how teensy weensy a bag? Lovey picks up a huge bag saying, this teensy weensy. (laughs) The skipper, sticking to his guns, yells, no. Lovey drops her bag right on Thurston's foot, who yells out in pain. The skipper then reiterates, there will be no gold aboard the raft. And that goes for you too, Gilligan. (laughs) Gilligan, surprised to be singled out, says, me? I don't have any gold. The skipper, confused, says, you had $3,000 worth last night. Mm -hmm. Gilligan sheepishly says, I know. I never should have ordered that coconut cream pie. Also, he did get charged for meals. There you go. Mm. (sighs) Man, lovey is strong. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? ginger marianne couldn't lift shit and she just lifts up with one fucking hand <laughs> she, well, um, she's been fucking working on the mines for fucking days man. that's true yeah, yeah. built up her fucking strength so so women skipper's master plan is for them to just fucking float around till they're discovered like yeah there's people that have floated out in the ocean for like a year like there's no guarantee anybody's gonna see them they're better off on the island well they always say when you get lost you just stay put yeah. So, so they would be better off putting some kind of sign or something on the raft that says, yeah. hey, we're on this island. Come get us. You know, with their coordinates, if they know yeah. it. I'm sure the yeah. professor probably knows their coordinates. Right. Or maybe they don't. But it's Anyways. a good point. Yeah. It's a good point. Because all you do is run out of provisions, like water. Exactly. And everybody's days from They're not going to run out of water tact if they're surrounded by it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah. All you got to do is like purse your lips like really, really tight. So you strain all the salt out. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Um, do not take survival advice from this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's our disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. Scene 22. Later, out by the lagoon, the raft is packed and ready to go. Skipper yells, all right, everybody, get on board. Thurston walks up suspiciously with golf club saying, I want to take these golf sticks back to show the boys at the club. The skipper salutes him for one. The skipper salutes him for some reason. Next, Mrs. Howe walks up struggling to carry a huge bag. When the skipper goes to help her, she says, Captain, that's all right. I made this handbag while I was here. Did you notice that was uh, that was Emily's cage? Too. Yeah, 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 exactly. The skipper, still not catching on, says, Certainly, watch your step now. Next, Marianne walks up with a wooden crate in her hands. She explains, this is my homemade guava jelly. Can't have too much of this around. Skipper, still not catching on what's happening, just laughs and says, that's right, Marianne, watch your step. Next, Ginger walks up carrying a box. She says, I've got a complete diary of every day we spent here, Skipper. It should make a great movie. The Skipper agrees, saying, I should say so. Finally, the professor walks up with a burlap sack in his arms. He says, these botanical specimens should be a special interest back at the school. <laughs> Ginger should have said, this would make, make a great TV show. That would have been kind of funny. <laughs> and, then, and then look at the camera. 
Just stare <laughs> at it for a second. All right. The professor missteps and almost topples over. The captain catches him and says, don't fall over there, professor. The skipper, now having everyone loaded onto the raft, raises his arms and yells, all right, Gilligan, cast off. Gilligan pauses for a moment and says, I hope you know how deep the lagoon is. The skipper, surprisingly irritated for once in his patient life, says, I know how deep the lagoon is. Now cast off. Gilligan undoes the rope and pushes the raft out. Soon, everyone is rowing. Everyone except Thurston and the skipper, of course. (laughs) The skipper stands in the middle of the rubber raft, because, you know, that's a thing, and starts yelling. Everybody get an oar. Here we go, folks. Headed for the shipping lanes and a rescue. Everyone begins to excitedly wave goodbye to the island. And just like that, the castaways are cast away. Hmm. Hmm. Um, So is the skipper really that stupid? Like, like they can't take gold, but they can take whatever the fuck else they want? Like, really? Well, I mean, they're allowed to bring something. They can't say, no, you bring nothing. But, uh, I don't know. It... Um, why doesn't Marianne and Ginger have shoes on? They're both barefoot. <laughs> I don't know. I Literally notice. all the guy, all, everybody else has shoes on except for them too. Um, hmm. the hat on Thurston's head is the hat we were talking about last week. Yeah. I did notice that. Yeah. He was wearing like a, a captain's hat or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, hmm. I think, I mean, I don't know a whole lot, but I think that's too many people on that raft. I don't think the raft was made for that many people. I don't think so either. What do I know? Scene 23. As they get out into the middle of the lagoon, they begin to develop problems. Hmm. Yeah. The skipper begins yelling, Gilligan, hold your course. (laughs) Of course, it's his fault. Lovey yells out, I think we're sinking. Thurston yells out, sinking? That's preposterous. We couldn't have two disasters under the same captain. It's ridiculous. (laughs) What will we do? Soon the raft begins to take on water. Marianne is the first to go in. The skipper begins yelling, abandon ship, as Lovey now falls into the water. Thurston yells out, women and luggage first. Ginger (laughs) clings onto the professor saying, we're drowning and I can't swim. Mm. Thurston continues to yell women and luggage first as, (laughs) as the professor and ginger topple into the water. Gilligan stands up in a panic and asks skipper, are you, or aren't you going down with the ship? The skipper grabs onto Gilligan and yells, I hope not, but if I go, you'll go with me. And just like that, the skipper and Gilligan now fall in as well. Soon, Everyone is in the lagoon treading water in a panic. Hmm. Mm. So a couple things here. Okay. Like they're really panicking here. Like <laughs> yeah. Marianne was like flipping out. She's like, it's well, like the water is right there or the, the land is right there. Like I could probably throw a rock and hit it. They don't they go swimming in this lagoon all the time. Supposedly. And they're like, oh, my God, we're drowning. Like, oh, my God, it's going down. What are we going to do? Help. Are you going to go down with the ship? Hell, yeah, I'm going down, and you're dying with me. Like, oh, my God. Like, you guys swim in this thing all the time. Exactly, yeah. They're right there. Well, I mean, unless, and you're only a few feet. But then again, they never show the land in the scene. So maybe they were supposed to be out in the middle of the ocean, like, and they just swam the whole way back. I don't think so. But, and then the next question is, 
How did it sink? Well, as soon as everybody jumped out, there should have been enough buoyancy to keep the gold afloat. Right. But like, I don't understand. Like, was there a hole in it? Because it didn't make sense why it was sinking all of a sudden. Right. Because if it held everybody right there, then it should hold you forever unless there's a hole that they didn't patch correctly. So there's what? If everybody is in the boat, assuming everybody's 150 pounds, you're looking at what? A little over a thousand pounds. Okay. Right? There's no way there's a thousand pounds of gold on that boat. There's no way. There's (laughs) probably at the most maybe 50 pounds, maybe 60 pounds. That's it. So you mean to tell me that that raft can support well over a thousand pounds, half a ton? but it can't support mm. 50 pounds of gold. <laughs> yeah. I'm calling mm. bullshit. Hmm. Um, but kudos to the scene. You know I mean the amount of rehearsing and choreography that mu- that had to have happened for the scene to go off like it did. Um, yeah. you know, because it looks like they probably had one shot to film it. Otherwise they would have to dry everything off and all that kind of, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, Plus everyone doing their own stunts, you know, that shit wouldn't happen nowadays. <laughs> so everybody doing their own stunts with props and a boat, you know, in actual clothes, you know what I mean? Like in water <laughs> that looked like it was above their head, like kudos to them. Yeah. Um, why would Gilligan have to go down with the skipper? Because he ordered him to. <laughs> so like, that's not a thing. Like, um, <laughs> but also you notice in this, you get a clear shot of, of Emily's cage when it falls yeah. into the water. So I thought that was kind of mm-hmm. neat. And, yeah. she, and she was still in it. <laughs> no, Jesus, I'm kidding. <laughs> she wasn't. <laughs> Scene 24. Ooh. Next, everyone is seen swimming back to shore. They all collapse onto the beach because, you know, they swam eight feet. Exactly. Yeah. Finally, Gilligan says, it sank anyway, even without the gold. The skipper says, I'm afraid this is all my fault, folks. I didn't think one bag of gold would sink us. Lovey sheepishly says two bags of gold. Then Thurston adds three bags, <laughs> followed by Ginger saying four bags. The professor adds five bags. Finally, Marianne adds six bags. Gilligan says, huh, that's a switch. Usually I'm the one left holding the bag. <laughs> and just like that, the castaways are cast away. Again. Mm. Um, yeah, I put on there. Notice how Marion had to hold her dress up because like she's getting out of the water and she's leaning really far forward and like it, it, her dress is hanging. You know what I mean? And she kind of glances down and her and Ginger the whole time were looking down to make sure nothing was exposed. And she <laughs> looks down and you see her hand go straight up. Like it's, I thought that was kind of oh, funny. <clears throat> I thought it was pretty cool that um, the captain was just like, like he straight up just said, Guys, this is all my fault. I had a bag of gold. I'm sorry. It's my fault. I take full responsibility. Right. That was kind of nice. Well, yeah, because right. we all know that, you know, gold is, you know, rubber's kryptonite and makes it deteriorate. So, <clears throat> so one little tiny bag of gold would definitely burn a hole right through that. Burn a hole? It's not being sarcastic, obviously. <laughs> one little <laughs> bag of gold is not going to make the thing sink. Right. You're like, what? No, it won't, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen gold by- and it never burned a hole in anything. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just confused why you say burned a hole. Because <laughs> I was saying there was a hole, must have been a hole in the thing. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> I 
All right, scene twenty-five. Man, this is like the most scene we've had in, in Brady and Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Scene twenty-five. Later that evening, we see the castaways standing around a campfire trying to dry off. Finally, the professor says, I guess we've all learned a bitter lesson. The Hmm. skipper says, you're so right, professor. We've lost all our gold and we ruined our life raft because we were so greedy. Ginger says, well, I'll never be greedy again. (laughs) You know, like a liar. (laughs) Marianne adds, neither will I. Lovey adds, neither will I. Thurston. Hmm. Thurston says, you people are always taking the fun out of life. (laughs) Gilligan, who's been eating something next to the fire, makes a noise as if he's bit into something. He spits it out and holds it up, saying, look what I found in this oyster. Marianne says, it's a pearl. Thurston pulls out a monocle to inspect it and says, why? It's a perfect pearl. Where'd you find that oyster? Gilligan says, in the cove, there's hundreds of them. Over there, on my hope chest. The skipper yells out, hundreds of them. Soon, all the castaways get up and begin running towards the cove. Gilligan yells, or maybe thousands of them. Hmm. After everyone is out of sight, Gilligan counts his pearls and says, or maybe only one, two, three, four. He then smiles and enjoys his treasure. <laughs> Those are some big-ass pearls, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of disappointed at Gilligan. You know what I mean? Because the end of this episode, he's just like, ha, I got all these pearls. Fuck you guys. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's kind of. Because he was the first one that didn't show greed on the boat. He didn't bring a bag. Exactly. Yeah. Else. So. And at the end, he shows greed. Uh, kind of bothered me. Yeah. Come on, yeah. Gilligan. You're better than that. Mm-hmm. But anyways... That's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. That was a good one. That was interesting. (laughs) Good one. So, Jimmy. Yes. I have an email to read. Cool. (laughs) This one comes to us from Jill P. You remember Jill from her a lot. She says, Tacking Jimmy. Hmm. Hello, I just finished listening to the Brady Bunch Variety Hour episode. (laughs) (laughs) It was nice to hear some Brady content as I have been missing it. I think the reason the backup dancers are called the Croftettes is because Sid and Mary Croft produced the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. Oh, (sighs) that's right. Sorry, I just realized I sound like love you when I said that. (laughs) Also, I had to laugh when the two of you were talking about... (laughs) 84 Pennsylvania, well, the town 84 Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the lumber place is? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's literally 20 minutes from where I live down Interstate Oh, nice. 70. <laughs> In fact, my neighbor works there at the headquarters, Lowell. She called us the, Lowell. Wait, the headquarters are in Lowell? I think she called us Lowell. That's, I'm tagged. Lowell. You're Jimmy. Is that like lore? Is that the same thing as lore? <laughs> 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 Pennsylvania also has a town called Intercourse. Hee <laughs> hee. It's like Illinois. It's close to where Tech is. They have uh, a town called Booty. Mm -hmm. And Bird in Hand, which are in East Central part of the state near Amish country. (laughs) And and they have Philadelphia. As always, thank you for the podcast. And I'm looking forward to more Brady and Gilligan episodes. Take care, Jill. (laughs) Bye bye. Bye bye. 
It's nice hearing from Jill. We hadn't heard from her in a bit. In a, or as the kids would say, we haven't heard from her in a minute. In a that's, minute. That's what the kids say now. In a minute. I love informing my kids what kids say because I do it wrong on purpose. <laughs> and, but I say it to them like, no, you, I know. Come on. I got 47 years experience on this earth. Who do you think knows more there? Come on now. This is what they say. Okay, Sherwood Schwartz. <laughs> this is how teenagers talk. <laughs> <laughs> I tell them when kids get excited nowadays, they clap their hands and go skiddly doo. I'm like, what? No, it's like, come on. Just tell, uh, trust me. This is what kids say now. It's like the hottest thing now. All over, all over the talk is that's what kids call it now, too. <laughs> I've seen that, I think. I have seen that. The skiddly doo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Everybody's going to be saying it now. Mm hmm. Yep. All right, Jill. Well, you know what we did here. We had fun today. And remember, we do love the show. It's just a good time. And this is all just nostalgic for us. It is. We would personally like to thank our producers from Patreon, because without you, this couldn't be possible. And of course, we're talking about Ginny and Jim, because Ginny and Jim, you are the wind beneath our wings. You are the wind beneath my wings. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, we always give a special shout out to Jenny and Jim because they were the first ones to uh, take a chance on us. And I, I keep saying take a chance. I guess it's not really a chance because we've been out for a while, but they were the first ones to join our Patreon. And um, me and Tech just, we have so much fun doing this. To, so to think that anybody would want to join our Patreon is just, it's humbling to me and Tech both. Mm-hmm. We just, we love doing this so much that it's, you know, and then every time somebody like, like Jill writes in, you know, and, and we have that camaraderie and, you know, people that we get to know and that are friends of the show, it's just, it really is humbling to me and Tech. So we really do appreciate you guys. Indeed. Homework assignments. First and foremost, if you haven't done it already, go check out the website. Hmm. At www.averybradypodcast.com. Do a rate and review, and we appreciate those who have already been doing them. And Hell yeah, them we, we, I, we see you guys that. doing it. We eyeball you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, do a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, and CastBox. Tell two friends about the show, and if you don't have two friends, then tell two relatives. If you don't have two relatives, tell two coworkers. If you don't have two t- coworkers, then... I feel bad for then, you. Uh, yeah, then pray. <laughs> <laughs> just pray. I don't know what you're doing yeah. listening to our show. <laughs> yeah, if you have no friends, no family, and no coworkers, then then tell us. Tell us. Tell us about the show. <laughs> there you go. And yeah, and Tack will tell you how. Yeah, you can send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike <laughs> the show at a very brady podcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group and join in the conversation and the fun. At a very Brady Facebook room. If you'd like to be a producer, check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash a very Brady podcast. Check out our Instagram at a very Brady podcast. Follow us on Facebook and get real time updates. So if the show's going to be late, that's where you're going to find out. Go check out the retro network. They were the ones that sponsored our show, um, our show's contest rather. Um, and so um, again, congratulations to Julia. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what was her last name? I'm sorry. Um, I knew it was something plural. Right. That's all I remember. Okay. Was it hmm. boobies? Julia no, boobies? boobies? No, it was penis. No. No. Anyway, it doesn't Who matter. Who would be named um, Ju- Julia penises? Nobody. That's, yeah, that's true. That's silly. Sorry. Um, check out our T Public merch store for merch. The link in the description of this and every episode. And last and certainly not least, go watch Gilligan's Island. Mm-hmm. If you don't do anything else, 
Go watch Gilligan's Island. And Tack here mm-hmm. is going to tell you which episode to start with. Of course. So on the ne- thank you, Jimmy. On the next episode, yep. you're you're welcome. You're welcome, Tack. Okay, uh, we're going to take a look at season one, episode ten, entitled mm-hmm. "Waiting for Watubi." The skipper is convinced he is doomed after he accidentally disturbs the resting place of a vengeful tiki god. And the mm. only things that can break the curse is the visit from the great Watubi. I think I've seen this episode before. So Sherwood Schwartz, like, he had a thing with tiki idols and stuff, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. So is Greg Brady going to show up? And, and Bobby? You yeah. know what? The, they need popcorn. Because, you know, Bobby loves his popcorn. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be like, why is there popcorn all over the island? What the hell's going on? Where did this come from? And the professor's <sighs> going to pick it up and go, hmm, this looks like popcorn from the main island. Like I can tell by the kernels, you know, whatever. <laughs> And then this is going to be Vincent Price. <laughs> I wonder if Vincent Price like wanted to do this episode and he's like, no, fuck you. I'm not doing it then. No, no. I wanted to do the Tiki Idol episode. So he's like, all right, what if we made a Tiki Idol episode for the Brady Bunch? <laughs> and it'd be like, is, would it be like on an island? It would be in Hawaii. Like, well, okay then. then. Maybe I'll do it. He's like, but I studied all Tiki Idol stuff, and that's all <laughs> I ever did. Mm, I was ready for island stuff and Tiki's. Like, <laughs> well, there's not really Tiki's in Brady Bunch, so like, then I shan't do it. He's <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, now we'll write you something. And there's got to be a curse, because I have this thing with curses. There must be. I shan't do a single episode or scene without a curse in it. Mm. I'm like, okay, we'll put a curse in it for you, Vincent. Anything else? I must be able to tie little boys to tiki's. I need a, a storyline about a curse, and, and I need red M and M's in my dressing room. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, All right. Surprise. So unless you. Unless you have anything else? Um, nope. Nothing else. You sure? Um, nope. You're not sure? Nope. (laughs) Okay. In that case, I have been Jimmy. And I've been Tack. And this has been a very pretty podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoke. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.